Hey guys, have you checked out 336 Daily? Did you know that sometimes, in fact, pretty often, I've been recording it in my car while driving to different job sites? That's how easy Anchor is to make podcasts. With Anchor, you can record your podcast and edit your podcast and upload your podcast all in the Anchor app, and then it makes sure it goes after iTunes and Spotify and wherever you need to put it. It, they take care of everything, distribution. They help you with advertising and getting in commercials. Check out the Anchor app. Go to the App Store and download the Anchor app for free or go to anchor.fm to check it out. Today on the show, we're going to break down and get you ready for opening day. We'll talk the newest roster additions. Mancini's in. Rickard's in. We'll talk about who's out. And we'll get you all, and we'll also talk to Mike Unger about the scope and Machado relationship, all that and more. Well, um, we should probably discuss what today's special edition of this show is. Absolutely. Right? Right. All right. that today's I, special I edition. I mention that Glenn Clark's right. not here. I was getting to the special edition part. <laughs> Where's Glenn? I haven't seen him. He's, um, he's watching grown men wear tight-fitting <laughs> underwear and tackle each other. Who wouldn't want to watch that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, except but, that he can probably do that at home every day. I saw he was tweeting at like 3 a.m. though, so oh, yeah, yeah, no, he, yeah. he's probably uh, he's in deep bed. in sleep right now. Yeah. yeah. I don't think he's making it for this show. Turn into a bash wrestling segment because I feel like I should sit out if you guys are just going to bash wrestling. Oh, no, no, no. No, we're not bashing right. wrestling. All right. We're just. I had a chance to, to speak my piece without Glenn berating me for it, so I did. I took <laughs> yeah. it. Right. And, and who misses work for wrestling? Exactly. Yeah. But well, we are Section 336. We're sitting in for Glenn Clark Radio. Kyle is nice enough to, to host us, and he has... Kyle, you have a, a nice voice, my man. I'm I sure you've heard that, that before. You have a nice voice. I have. It kind of nudged me in this direction a little bit. <laughs> I feel like I should be talking a little bit deeper. <laughs> he the was, he was born to, uh, to have to do this. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't know about that. But no, like, I mean, you could work at like an airport and announce like next flight coming in. And I think there are better things to strive for as far as voicing <laughs> is concerned. I but like, I, would, I hear you. I would love for you to come to my high school and do the morning announcements. I think I'd be again, so if they're paying, like I'll consider <laughs> it. But like again, I'll strive for for bigger and better. How's it going, guys? Saying a lot of options. Good. Yeah. It's a good morning. It's a yeah. rainy morning. It's and and the press box studios is right here next to the Jones Falls. It's it's the kind of day where it, you expect one of those horror stories on the local news where the Jones Falls floods and I'm going to go outside in a couple hours and my vehicle is going to be gone. See, I, I was going the other way with the overpass out here, and after watching the news in Atlanta last night, we're hey, like, Bert and Josh, you guys are gonna need to be fell. closer together and be, be buddies because you're uh, not you're not in Facebook Live together. No, uh, no, 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 Burton, Burton, no, Burton. Yeah, my apologies. I thought I had my own camera. You do have your own camera. All right, there we go. There you well, go. There we go. You got to say hi to all the viewers See, on Facebook we, we, Live as we well. We should have made hi, that boys and girls. Just share one mic as well. <laughs> oh no, I know, right? Yeah, well, that, that would have forced them to get I closer. I showered this morning. In retrospect, I apologize. I did shower this morning. You're welcome. Good for you. Sounds good, right. Stan. <laughs> Stan the fan popping in. So. All right. Well, Matt, would you like to start the show now? Well, I, was ju- I just started. All Can right. Can we play the music and get started? Glenn's at WrestleMania, so hear this. Today's show is hosted by Section 336. Instead of Glenn, you're getting Matt and Josh and Bert. Three incredible sports experts. Fun, you'll find it hard to believe. So much fun, they might never leave. Oh, 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 oh. Section 
96 is taking over Glenn Clark Radio. There, there you go. You guys wow. demanded a new song for this week. You were tired of our regular song. There was so many things wrong with that song, I don't know where to begin. <laughs> the one that we just played? Yes. What, what, what do you have a well, problem fr- with? Fr- from the sports experts. From, well, yeah, that's... that's <laughs> we're, 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 we may never leave. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, I may never leave. Did you see that traffic getting out here? Oh, my gosh. I, I think it should have said, we may never get here. No, that was fun. I enjoyed that. <laughs> I appreciate the shout out. This is why I, I moved to the Eastern Shore. To avoid this traffic that I, I drove in coming yeah. here. This is why I built the studio in my house. Yeah. But this is a nice studio here in Hamden. Hamden's the area, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah we, we call it. Hamden. Hamden. It's like, it's, all right, technically like Medfield, but it's pretty <laughs> much Hamden. Yeah. So, yeah, sure. You yeah. can go to the Avenue right. very easily if you wanted to, you know, hit up Fraser's or something like that. I mean, Fraser's you can go anywhere still in there, right? Yeah, no, they're there. Okay. They are Cafe if, they're, if they're serving now, you have to really look in the mirror <laughs> if you're really going to find out. Well, see that, at least you know what's in the area. I know there's a 7-Eleven down that way, Thanks. and that's about it. Well, we don't get sponsorship from any of these people. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so <laughs> we'll keep that to a minimum. There are places you can right. go. There's also Royal Farms <laughs> down right. on Farms. Uh, 41st. I love Royal Farms. Royal Farms. Farms. Fry, we'll go to those. So, but, yeah. But I feel like as we get ready for opening day, this is a better location than Arnold. Right? Close to the stadium. Yes. Yeah, I drove past uh, the warehouse today. Got the big 25-year anniversary banner on the side. Which confuses me a little bit. If we're celebrating the 25-year anniversary, shouldn't that banner have like some of the great players from over the 25 years? Not, not this year's stars. I hear you, but when you say like some of the great, you're talking about Cal Ripken, like the 90s. You say no, like, oh yeah, yeah. I'm not saying, I'm not like saying, seven, I'm not five, saying Jeremy Guthrie. Up right. There. There's only five good I'm years saying, to pull saying, from. from yeah. Right. Before okay. this era. Right. Exactly. Thirteen but, um, of the twenty-five were garbage. I'm saying if we're if we're if we are going to focus on twenty-five years, yeah. why is it Adam Jones, uh, Chris Davis, Manny Machado? I don't have an issue with it. Actually, I guess that's three of like seven stars over right. the last twenty-five years. So right. maybe it's not too bad. <laughs> it just seemed a little strange to me. It, you you would get a, they would get accused of false advertising. Like I saw the banner. I bought a ticket to the game. I want to see Roberto Alomar. <laughs> I want to. Yeah. I. I yeah, they need to do a little three-on-three baseball like they're doing with the basketball league and bring some of these old retired guys back. I, I'd, I'd pay to see a little mini game, mini softball game with uh, Roberto Alomar, Cal Ripken, I mean, Eddie Murray. Yeah, but it seems like they got to – I think it's kind of like you want to live in the past, you yeah. know? Yeah. Oh, totally. You know, if you want – I mean, <laughs> you say that. Maybe in, like, 2018 we'll say that. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Once Manny's gone, <laughs> all of Baltimore will be living I in know. the past. In 2025 when he leaves, it's going to be sad. All right. That'd be better than today. Right, well, then, let's, then, let's, then let's focus on this year. The spring training ended. It's done. Thank goodness. It's over? We missed it. We didn't go it's this over. year. It's over. We didn't go. Everyone else went. Shoot. All the Orioles went. They, they, they figured out the rosters. Um, Actually, the, Rimal didn't make it. Rimal <laughs> didn't make it anywhere. He didn't make it well, to well, Florida. It's, still not, out it's there. not we'll open find day way, yet. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> Something could still happen. Who knows? <laughs> Yeah, and uh, which which is a good time now to look back at the off season and, and spring training. And did Dan Duquette do enough? Is this? I mean, on paper, we we all had to submit our predictions this past week. Yeah, to press box online. Yeah, and we all decided. I think everyone said this team's the same as last year. Pretty much. So is that enough? Well, should we be expecting more? Well, if you look at key key changes in the, on, on on the baseball team, Seth Smith. Right, that, I think mean, it's an upgrade. Sure, but how much will Seth Smith play is a question. Is he only going to play against righties? It looks like that. 
So right. how much of addition is that? Um, and then you and then you, look, you you lost Matt Wieters, and then you add Castillo. Right. And is that what, what is that a toss up? I think that's what most people are saying is a toss up. Yeah. It, it, it's a toss up, except for that unknown of of interacting with the the, the pitchers, and and the fact that Matt Wieters has caught Zach Britton's ball for for many years that. Just knowing the pitchers, yeah. That, so that's a, that's kind of a toss up and a wait and see. Yeah, yeah it's kind of depends who you talk to because some people will say, well, the pitch receiving, not the framing. Notice the right. pitch, pitch receiving. Pitch receiving. The pitch receiving is better on Castillo's side than than Weeders, but then there is handling a new. But pitch I just hear they're both horrible at pitch framing. Yeah. Well, it's all of that is fine. Like at the outside opinion of how catchers should be judged and analyzed, something that probably will definitely hurt Matt Weeders. But Orioles fans have watched Weeders enough to know that. He's at least a capable defensive catcher. Sure. Like blocking balls in the dirt, he's great. His arm, obviously, was better earlier, but still still above average. Still better than Castillo's, probably, right. although he threw out, I think, 38% of his runners last year. The yeah. issue here is, like, guys always said they liked throwing to weeders, it seemed. Like, pitchers, and I don't know if they're going to say if they didn't, right? Like, maybe they're just <laughs> posturing, but at the right. same time, it seemed like people were comfortable throwing the ball to Matt Weeders. He's a big target, but that can sometimes be comforting. So there's going to be an adjustment period, and it's part of the issue why people have been concerned that Castillo wasn't there for yeah. all of spring training, right? The World Baseball right. Classic. So there's, you have to put Matt, an asterisk next to it. Well, so. Matt, Matt Weider's been with the team forever. So right. all those pitchers uh, who grew up in the organization, they were have always been thrown to Matt Weider. Not, so not to mention change. the the trust factor of the catchers telling the pitcher what to throw. And 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 usually, you, you, you generally that's how it works. Yeah, yes. but then the, the pitcher's, pitcher's always shaking it off. Yeah, but or or the but catcher's looking over to Buck, who's who's sending the signal. Sure, sure, but you don't see a lot of Orioles shake off Matt Weeders. It'll be interesting to see if they they trust what Castillo's putting down, or if well beyond that, it'll be interesting to see if Castillo is is calling the game all by himself, right? Like right. Weeders, Buck always talked about how much he liked the way he called a game, but right. we don't. I'm not having seen Castillo in depth, we don't necessarily know whether those are coming from the dugout, the pitching coach, et cetera. Right. Like, so hopefully the pitchers like Gosman and Bundy, as they've gotten older and, and mature, they have a better idea of what they want to do on the mound, right? And they don't have to sort of be guided by the catcher, but it's something that's invaluable when you have a catcher who understands the game situations and the hitters that they're facing and, and what would go well in certain contexts. So uh, it's, it can't be underscored that there's a difference there, right? Like, Wieters was a constant presence in the locker room, everywhere. And so Castillo is thought highly enough of to be named the Dominican Republic's catcher, yeah. which is something I'm sure they had other options, right? Like, oh, yeah. It's something yeah, that you've yeah, got to like a, as a few people fan. there play baseball, yeah. so they, they had a few <laughs> options. You know, I, I keep saying Dan Duquette is not done with this offseason. That I, I had the feeling that Dan Duquette's still going to do something. Yeah. So breaking news, Dan Duquette just made a move. Yeah, what's that? He signed Ryan Ripken to the Aberdeen Ironburns. Oh, get out of here. Yeah, yeah. He's Cal working. Ripken made a move. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> Cal, Cal Ripken called his former boss. <laughs> exactly. His, his dad owns the team. This is kind of like the Baltimore Blast star being being the, the owner's son. I mean, yeah. what? But yeah, that's, I mean, rooting for him, right? Yeah, sure, absolutely. Always sure. rooting for those kids. Yeah, a guy that no one else is interested in that happens to have well, the he, same he name. Was, he was drafted. By who? I thought it wasn't the Orioles. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, no one Gilman, I believe. Yeah. You have that's kind of requirement when when it's one of your Hall of Fame players that also owns one of your minor league teams. You got to kind of draft his son and Although not. And not Preston nope, Palmera is supposed to be a pretty good player, though. That's what I've heard. Yeah, but yeah. now you're bringing steroids into it. 
Well, I don't think that that's passed down <laughs> from generation. I mean, you, you know, <laughs> the, the science is still out on that. Well, we'll see. We'll see. I don't know. I don't know. He, based did, on he didn't bear the child. I mean, like, it's not like he was and connected I'm sure to he, his he was probably cord. Was, I don't know which came first, the child or the steroids. Yeah, right. But uh, <laughs> either way, there, there's a strained relationship with the Palmeros and the Orioles. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think uh, Rafi will be steering his, his son towards the Baltimore organization necessarily. <laughs> well, he's already in it. So, two is he? Yeah, yeah. He's, he's in it. He's an eighth wow. round pick this year. So, Unbelievable. He's, he's there. Well, that gets into the whole LeVar Ball, which you guys probably won't pay attention to this. The, <laughs> whole, LeVar bar, the whole LeVar Ball discussion where <laughs> he got into a thing with, uh, with, with Le- LeBron James saying how uh, you're, usually the sons of great players never turn out to be great. Right. Right. And, that, and that's usually true, right? Well, didn't, didn't Ken LeVar Griffey Ball Jr. turned out pretty well. Right. Yeah. yeah, but Ken Griffey Sr. wasn't a, a, a great player. He, yeah. wasn't, he wasn't a Hall of Fame player. Cal Ripken Jr. He was, he was, is a junior. Yeah. yeah. Cal Ripken Sr. was not a Famer. He was not a great player. You're a good point. We need to player. draft Thank you. Ryan Flaherty's son. Because you got to be a, a low-level, right, yeah. crappy <laughs> oh. uh, baseball player that there just sticks go. around, that's not that mind. good. The baseball mind. Yeah, that, yeah then that's how you, that's <laughs> uh, how you get in here. I was thinking here. more like Burt Rohde's kid, which the dad has no talent. Right. And so maybe that means all the talent went to the sun. Well, hey, so far so good. He's he turned three on Monday, and so far so good. So if I can continue going before Josh interrupted me with the breaking news. Hey, right, <laughs> yeah. hey, Ripken, going through the upgrade. Breaking news. It's a press box exclusive. Um, <laughs> if you look out on the offensive side, at least offensive starters, um, the outfield we talked about: Seth Smith, catcher position mm-hmm. with Castillo. Infield the same. Yeah. Right. You DH. You bring Trumba back. And then you can st- you can talk about the different bench spots, but other than that, the offense is pretty much the same, right? Yeah, I mean the the infield very much the same in that where you have to just hope that JJ Hardy stays healthy all season. And it's different in that you still don't really know who's going to lead off. If Jones is leading off, then it's the same. But if they're committed to Yunsu Kim, or if Rickard is actually like a good leadoff hitter, then you have an offense is at least more dangerous because you have Jones' power a little bit further back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but with, and I think Gentry seems to be like a nice player. I it, it's hard to say, right? They like him. So many, yeah. a couple down years, but if he's healthy, seems to be like a nice addition to this team. And I'm curious to see how he fits in with Rickard. It looks like Hyunsu Kim forget about batting against lefties, right? With with Rickard and no, Gentry he, out there. Yeah, they're not planning. They're planning, which is a little frustrating, isn't it? Uh, I, uh, it he should be able to hit lefties, and yeah. the question is, oh, we're not just are we giving not giving we, him a shot? We, we we will never know. I mean, has anyone gone back and checked his like South Korean? Uh, uh, splits. Yeah, but splits. Yeah, it's, it's just. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he, he, I, he, they they have lefty pitchers over there, right? Yeah. The issue also <laughs> is that there's there's no reason he should have been sitting against a lefty in spring training. Yeah, that, that's right, what I don't right, understand. Right, Here's yeah. a perfect chance. Right. Exactly. Don't matter to try. Right. That's what didn't really ever make sense. It's not me. like there's any lefties in the AL East. Yeah. I think it's more than I, half. You know what I think? I think I think I really do. I think the Orioles and Buck Showalter. You know, we talk all the time about Buck Showalter likes his guys. I don't think he really likes Yansu Kim that much. Well, it's, it's probably hard to relate with the language barrier. Well, not not that. <laughs> no, it's the defense. Forget that. Yeah, it's, it's the, the defense, style yeah, of play. Yeah. yeah. What do the Orioles love? Love you to play defense. Yep. We love you to hit home runs. Yep. Right. We love you to do those things. And what is Yansu Kim? He's a below average outfielder who doesn't have any power. But just kind of slap. He's a slap well, hitter. Right, he, he gets on base. I think that it's clear that the Orioles value his skill set because they brought in Seth Smith this offseason, right? And he does what Yunsu Kim does best, right? Get on base. The issue is that 
Yunsu Kim doesn't really like offer anything. Like Trumbo has an arm, right? He's he's yeah. a liability as far as range is concerned and all of that stuff, but he can at least throw some guys out. Yunsu Kim doesn't really have that. So while he deserves more playing time realistically, because he's probably he has the best approach of anybody on the Orioles. Uh, no doubt, yeah. So like it's annoying for Orioles fans to sit back and see that they have like a 200 strikeout guys throughout the lineup, and then they have this guy sitting there on bench, like I don't know, 50 to 60 games a year at least. Yeah, yeah. And he doesn't qualify for batting average totals and stuff like that because they don't get enough plate appearances. But he's he's raking. Like, right. Yeah. They're they're gonna need to find time for him because, like you said, like they. I don't think the Orioles are just a situation where like we only want power. We want these high strikeout guys. Like. They can't be, right? Oh, I don't know, because then, then you go and do something like sign Pedro Alvarez, and you make <laughs> him an outfielder, and he's left-handed, and you wonder, <laughs> what, like, what is this? Yeah. I think that was more about giving Pedro Alvarez a chance to show he can do something other than like DH and for, play first base, so he can get another chance. With it. If it's not with the Orioles, yeah, right, just then somewhere resume. else. Right, but, right, yeah. just help, helping out a guy that we like. Yeah. and Like you but, said, Buck likes this guy. Remember, Hyun Soo Kim, when he first came up, what was the biggest knock on him? He couldn't hit fastballs. He was our best fastball hitter last year, batting like yeah. 380 against the fastball. So I, 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 if you say can't bet lefties, we'll give him a chance. Right? I think I think the big knock on him was that he wouldn't go to the minors. I think that that was the big issue that uh, Oriole fans had with him as the season. Yeah, but that's far as the baseball. That was so fruitless because once yeah. he got time on the field and time at the plate, he raked. Well, he, he had an it. awful sw- spring last year, over yeah. twenty-two yeah. or something like yeah. that. Or no, that was just lefties. But he was like no, he, he was, a really he rough start. Yeah, real high. Yeah, and and yeah, and he looked out of shape. I don't think he. I think now we learned that just kind of his body build. No, <laughs> I he didn't look much more in shape this year. I th- I think there's still probably something there for he. He has an idea of what he needs to do heading into this uh, year, yeah. and that's something that is invaluable. Probably like for a second year guy coming over from one of the, like Japan or whatever it is. Like you, you gotta have an idea of the routine, and he at least has that. Now. Yeah, at least and and cultural, mm-hmm. cultural. He he at least spent some time in America. Now. He seems like a fun guy. Like, I think for all indications, like, granted, we don't speak the language, so we can't hear everything. <laughs> right, but, like, right. So we have to all go by hand motions and, and well, facial and he, recognition. He's been on the mound, like, doing imitations of other people. Sure. Wind up. Right. He's been doing some goofy right. stuff. Yeah. He's a guy that, if he spoke English, could be, like, the a guy everyone gets around and has fun with. Kind of like how Oriole fans fell in love with Tommy Hunter because mm-hmm. he's a little goofy. And he's clearly loved back in Korea. I mean, he's on right. the cover of the show back there. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah, awesome. That's Which is pretty cool. cool. Yeah. That's very cool. And he can't bat against lefties for the Orioles. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> uh, so, so uh, I mean, and I think the the upgrades as far as the bench with Rickard hopefully healthy for a full season, uh, Gentry. I mean, that's the outfield help that Adam Jones wanted. Not exactly like that's, that's every not day. what Adam Jones wanted. That's but an it's, upgrade it's, in the outfield. All right, it's a slight. It's a slight upgrade. It's yeah, still Gentry's not, good in the outfield. All right, yeah, but a Gentry's not going to be your everyday guy. He's still going to have to deal with Kim. On one side, Smith on the other. Occasionally Trumbo. Tr- yeah. yeah. Occasionally Mancini somehow, possibly. Somehow, <laughs> yeah, somehow they got to fit. They, they, we've got seven outfielders, I think, on the roster. They're going to be rotating these guys in and out. Of course, they're going to clear some with, with the DL uh, when Wade Miley comes back and eventually Tillman. But there's a lot of outfielders, yeah. and, and you, most of them I wouldn't give plus defense. Yeah, do, do you think there's something, too, though, pl- about playing in Camden Yards right field that you can get away with it more because of that big wall where you don't have to run back as far. And I know it's shorter, yeah. Yeah, and I, I know so, some of the Sabre metrics don't take into account, like, wall balls off the wall. So I think that there is a p- – wall balls. <laughs> wall balls. Is that a Sabre metric, wall balls? Wall balls. It should be. Yeah. What are the uh, wall balls not off the wall? 
what? Well, well, like <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah, balls to the wall. <laughs> like, like it's like um, if you play if you play left field in um, Fenway, in Fenway, yeah. you're always going to get graded poorly because you're going to say you have no range deep. Well, because you take two steps and there's the wall. But there's also something to be said for like Marcakis knew it like the back of his hand, oh, right? Like there's that yeah. corner is tricky. Yeah, balls bouncing over there can ricochet and go in any sort of direction. Like Trumbo. Like you, you're right in that you can get away with having a right fielder in Camden Yards who only has a strong arm because they could just play the wall. Right. But ultimately, Jones's point is that getting away with stuff in that corner outfield isn't good enough, right? Like you right. can't just be hiding bad defenders in right field and left field and making him cover like 60% of the whole territory. Right. Right. And that's the question is how much did we look back at last season and Trumbo didn't look horrible in right field. Part of it might have been us all going in expecting him to be horrible. Um, and part of it is also, are, are used to being bad. I mean, we're used to watching Dumb and Young out there. And other right, <laughs> right, right. But then we also don't know how much of that is covered up by by Adam Jones shifting a little more on that side right. or covered up on the fact that maybe you're right. Maybe that with the wall balls, as you put it, uh, war doesn't take that into account. And because of that, uh, it, it hurts him negatively on the defensive metrics. But where are we setting the bar, right? Like, yeah. not looking horrible is the yeah. standard. <laughs> so, like, and on, I'd say Trumbull was at best average defensively in the outfield. Right, and, yeah. and if you're going to hit 40 home runs, average is good. You but, can make up for it. But, like, it's a give and take, right? Like, if, if you're able to slot him in at the DH, and he can, in, in theory, still translate that offensive success, then it's all about maximizing the roster and maximizing the spots in the lineup that you have. And clearly... Gentry is a nice player, and it's a nice idea to think he can come in and contribute, but the Orioles didn't do what Adam Jones was hoping in that you added a player who is simultaneously, and, and these are rare, but simultaneously a good defender and somebody who's not going to hurt you offensively. Like yeah. The only really guy out there that was that was Dexter Fowler, and right. obviously we know yeah. how yeah. that relationship has gone. And a guy who can hit both lefties and righties, so you're not constantly having a different right. guy playing alongside Adam Jones, depending on who the opposing pitcher is that night. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's amazing how much a guy like Dexter Fowler fit everything that the Orioles <laughs> needed with a, a plus defender, guy who can hit the ball, guy lead who off. can lead off. Yeah. Who and dropped the ball there? Who was that? Whose fault is that? Nobody. It was it's, um, it's no one's fault. Yeah. It's it's it was Adam Jones' well, text. Yeah, it was it was the, <laughs> it's the, the Cubs' fault. The Joe Cubs, Madden's. Joe, right. Yeah, yeah, Joe yeah, yeah. Madden's It was fault. the Cubs made a phone call last year, and then the Orioles got sour this year. I yeah. think if there's anything we learned that Dan Duquette does manage. Somewhat that we learned this offseason by emotion, or at least like he, the Jose he's not Batista. afraid of letting on that he does at least. Right, he'll at least the thing. he has no problem doubling down on the fact that he didn't want Jose Batista. <laughs> yeah, he won't let, won't let that go. No, <laughs> for no reason. He has no he reason to talk about it. He signed with the Blue Jays a month ago. Yeah, he still talks about. I don't know if anyone really, really believes that. Like. I mean, he has he has a price in mind, and he's he's pretty good about sticking to that price and waiting for people to fall down to his price. Yeah. And so, if Jose Batista would fall enough, but I mean, yeah, I'm glad uh, he didn't. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I don't, I don't really. Well, care. We say that, but it, no, he would be a it would be a good bat to have in the lineup, right? Like that's true. It'll look like you're just building, like you play to win the game, Herm Edwards kind of thing. Like if this was a fantasy team and you were looking, you had a chance to add Jose Batista's production to your lineup, you'd say, "Damn, I really don't like that guy." But end of the season. That's Probably true. Probably would have been helpful. Oh, yeah. yeah. He would have been a right fielder that would have played every day alongside Adam Jones, which is exactly the description I just laid out. But mm-hmm. then I also said I don't want him. So no, no, no. I hear that's 22. No. Yeah. T- today he is villain number one. No, but, yeah, when no you watched him on the same team as Machado for the World Baseball Classic, you're like, okay, I could, I could 
changed my mind on him. I mean, it's, it's look, I we all hate him. All right, yeah. we hate him. It is yeah. what it is. Baltimore yeah. hates him, and you put on orange. Though, it would have been okay. a conflicting thing mentally to have him in an Orioles uniform. I can't but, wait to boo him on opening day. But right. once he, but once he would have hit his first home run or something like that, fans right. would have probably figured out real quick that hey, this guy, these are our runs. And then it would have been all right, probably. Yeah, yeah. I have I have no issues speaking out of both sides of my mouth. I'm with Bert. I hate <laughs> the guy. The second the world sign him, he hits a home run. I'm cheering for him. Right. Yeah. But yeah. while he's with another team, I don't want him but, on my team. But Bert's but right. When they come to hit a home run, I'm yeah. on board. It's better than signing right? someone like Aroldis Chapman, right? Where you have to be like, this this guy's just a really bad. Oh, uh, see, right, right. Right. I go the other way. I just say I'm just looking at the baseball field. <laughs> Whatever you do off the field, your own business. Well, then you should be happy with the Batista, right? Right. right. <laughs> well, as as an Oral fan in the '90s, you kind of had to say that for almost all the players. Oh yeah. All right. Fine, do right, steroids. Yeah, so. do steroids. Take all the uh, out of all you want. It was just the Orioles doing steroids back in the day. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. It was pretty much yeah. Yeah, do this pretty anyway. They call it an era for a reason. Yeah. Uh-huh. So the offense is relatively the same. So I think we can. Pr- I mean, hopefully, are there guys like at this point in age wise, like Manny Machado last year and Jonathan Scope last year? We were expecting kind of jumps because their age sure. but they seem to be guys to kind of peak last year i don't know if you uh, expect that much more offensively from I think, machado what he i think last i year. still expect more from machado yeah really like he what do he have 30 home runs last year yeah like 35 i think he's going to be pushing that 40 number this year machado's so good that you can never he's, not expect more yeah realistically. i mean we the world fell in love with him it was the world baseball classic he's now an international name and that's that's spring training baseball. That's not even games that are real games. And it's, what is he now? 24? 25? 25, I want to say. Is, he's you, 20, you, you expect he's, him to start flatlining now? He's, like, he's still on the... No, he's 24 up, years up old. Incline, 24? incline, whatever. Yeah, you might be right. Upcline, yeah. is that a word? Incline <laughs> would be the word. Incline. <laughs> and I think with Scope, there's... I have little doubt Scope has more to gain offensively, or he could gain more offensively. Oh, totally. His approach is where he really can take the next step, right? Like, he has subscribed and adhered to the school of Adam Jones plate approach in the past few years where it's kind of like if I see a pitch I like I'm going to try and take it yeah not literally take it I mean swing as hard as you can at it and try and hit it out <laughs> of the park he's he's as he gets older you hope that that's something that develops and if he can add 30 points to his on base percentage with 30 home runs at second base like you're looking at a yeah. guy who's a perennial all-star that's huge and Machado is just Machado's just that guy like he's he will. You might think he peaked, and then he just does something that you never thought was possible again. So I'm just saying, if he has the same year he did last year, there's nothing to complain about. He no, was great oh, last year. No, yeah, of course. And and scope. And I hear what you're saying, and there is room for improvement there. I just don't but see how it. How many times have we said that about players? I mean, if Adam Jones laid, laid off those balls and in the dirt, he would be a better player too. It's one thing to have room for improvement, and it's nothing to actually do it. I hear you. Yeah, um, and so I am perfectly through. fine with with. The scope we have now, and and looking at him as a defensive all star, and and I'm okay with his production so far at the plate. I'd love more, of course, but I'm perfectly fine with. I'm not with discounting who he that who, he's already an everyday starter, a guy you want out there every day. But I'm saying he has the, he really does have the ceiling of a Robinson Cano type of player, and that is you always want to strive to attain whatever your highest potential is, and that's something yeah. that I think the Orioles have to be looking at as well. It's something that. If, if all the fans are talking about that's his deficiency, the team has to know it as well. And there's got to be someone in his ear saying, hey, find your pitch. You know, Don't just take the first pitch that looks like it might be hittable. Find your pitch right. and hit it. Hey, have you ever listened to Scott Kubal talk? He t- he's, that's what he says all the time. Like It's all about pitch selection. Mm-hmm. Uh, Machado, by the way, had 37 home runs last year. So, sure, he could hit 40. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Whatever, yeah. Fine. But you, Machado, you play defense like that, you hit 40 home runs. 
You're, you're talking MVP no, numbers. And both Scope and Machado tailed off at the end of the year. So if they can sustain the, the production they saw the first half and throughout the, the beginning of the season, yeah. throughout the season, then that's an improvement right there. Yeah, yeah. the, the entire offense pretty mm-hmm. much um, struggled at the, at the end of the year. Um, so, but if you look across, I mean, Adam Jones, he's not in, in a, he's not, he's, he's, he's reached he his is peak. what he is, yeah. Yeah. Um, if, uh, I don't think we expect him to, we, right. to get those, to go even go back think, to his 280, 30 home runs. That's no, really I think anymore. if anything, we even expect maybe a slight decline based on age. Yeah. He's declined that, every he, year. He had the power in the World Baseball Classic, right? Like That's true. He was a so, superstar. Yeah, he was great. He, yeah. Yeah, he also took two walks in the championship. Like, <laughs> yeah, and that, that was impressive. <laughs> that was so impressive. Maybe that was more impressive than the home runs, yeah. Maybe he's yeah. decided to take a more patient approach. Like You can but cross it, your fingers and hope. But he also said that that catch felt like the World Series game. So I, I don't know. He might be a little more excited to play for USA than he is for Baltimore. Yeah, I don't know about that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it it felt like the World that. Series for him because he's never played in a World Series. Oh, yeah, he, on, he just guys. doesn't understand. Stop piling on series. here. Uh-huh. <laughs> Future Orioles Hall of Famer. Well, I'm just. <laughs> well, so is Flaherty. So like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they let anybody in. <laughs> I, I just keep going back to: Is this team offensively going to be better than than last year? And I'm looking for areas where we could improve drastically offensively. But isn't that we're, we're, isn't that not the issue? It's it's not, but it is like, because I feel like you. But you know what I mean? Like yeah, this team. We know who they are offensively, right? They're going to score runs via the home run. If they can make 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 gains in like the on base and like get more small ball runs, great. But they're still going to hit two hundred plus. So they need to have better limitation of runs in the first five innings. Well, and and yeah, but on the offensive side, the big fix needs to be. The, the, more dongs, but with men on base. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. If if you can get some of these guys like Rickert, Kim, Gentry on base for when these big bats are coming up, mm-hmm. that's going to go a long way and keep us out of these extra innings in Toronto games. And you hope Chris Davis is a little bit better than he was last year. Yeah, Chris Davis was a slight decline last year. <laughs> slight. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to complain about his, his power his, or that, yeah. his contract because – he still had the power. He still hit the home runs. And it was, it was more than just – It was you weren't just paying – Like fans won't complain about the Chris Davis contract that symbolized more than just Chris Davis signing with the Orioles. Sure. Right. Like yeah, it, was it, a, it was a moment. It was like a pivotal – you hoped like a watershed moment for the Orioles. Uh, it was a maybe Manny can stay. Right. We can keep our own. Yeah. 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 Right. Um, and I, I believe his walks were up last year too, mm-hmm. which that, that's Along a nice thing to say. Along nineteen, yeah, right, right, of course. And, and <laughs> well, that, the right strikeouts there. he's going to work hopefully on, and hopefully we get a better Davis. Yeah. And also, uh, it's always fair to play. Look, I'd rather a guy strike out with a guy on first and one out than I would ground into a double play. So, like, yeah, there's certain like the strikeout has has a bit eased down as far as the perception and like the negative perception of it in the, today's baseball. Like sure. People are more willing to accept high strikeouts if you're able to like you said, work account, take a walk right. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Right, right. You'd rather have if your options are strikeout or home run with a guy on base versus hit into a double play yeah. or a, a fly ball, game. you're going to want to go for the big it, bet. Teams today are willing to accept that, but they're not willing to pay $90 million seven-year contracts for that. Well, if you can only do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right, right. And isn't that because it's still out there of how long can you do that? How long can you stand? Uh, how long can you hit 40-plus home runs every season? And, and, and people Ask don't, David Ortiz. Well, people don't Nelson care that much Bruce. about the home runs anymore, right? That's why Pedro Alvarez couldn't get a job because – 
it's about more than just hitting home runs. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to do other things well on the baseball field, like run the bases, like play defense. Sure, and is that because we've seen teams like the Royals and the Cubs succeed? It's sabermetrics. We realize and that those other true. stats matter, and we can quantify them now. So it's we the can, nerds. Yeah, and the nerds can tell us, hey, listen, this guy sucks, and here's why. Because he doesn't do these other things well on the baseball field. It's not so much that this guy sucks. It's that while this guy does this one thing well, that other thing he does really poorly negates it entirely, right? Yeah. Right. So, like, you can see that his overall war might be, like, 0.7 when he added three at the at the plate. And, like, look, metrics, as everyone says, like, they should be a nice complement to everything else. But yeah. you're right. Like, there's – it's undoubtable, like, based on Weeders itself, like, the pitch framing. Like, it's clear that they're influencing how these contracts are being given out. Uh, so so let's move. I mean, the, the and I agree on the pitching. Like, that's the big question. It's always a big question with the Orioles, the, the starting pitching. Uh, and the, I mean, the goal is to score more runs than the other team. So do you, however you do that. but Do you think on the pitching side, do you think Dan makes another move? For who? Nationals just released Vance Worley. <laughs> I, know that's new I mean, they might have to. I We're mean, running with a three-man starting rotation now, right? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> we got three guys. Wait, uh, wait. wait. No, there's four. There's three. What happened? Wade Miley's, Miley's on, the on the DL. How about that? But Wade Miley is he's on, the, on DL. the DL. That's paper. They say he's going to be on the 10-day DL. He's on the 10-day, th- which is new this year, the 10-day yeah. DL. Which no. you know. Which, which releases him from the DL on the 9th, which is the time we would need a fourth starter. Nice. So it's it's yeah. paperwork. It's, it it's, mani- it's Buck manipulating, Dan manipulating. This is what they do. They love to juggle. Why not start it before the you, first game? Do you know why he's on the DL? Uh, he has a cough or something. Yeah, it was a cough. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was a cough. Well, he also had like he was hit by a line drive like two weeks no, ago. This is, no, this is just because of cough. Okay. And so he, he missed a start because of his yeah, cough. But it's a bad so cough. Yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, put him a ten day DL with a cough. <laughs> hey, we 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 we've seen worse in Baltimore. We've seen potholes. I mean, yeah. stepping well, on nails. If you thought a pothole was bad. Just wait till the ten day DL thing gets really going. You're right, man. You're right. Everyone's I, right. I was shaving. Yeah. I, I clipped. I clipped myself Sound, while shaving. Right, right. Whatever. <laughs> Sounds like you have a little DL. congestion. You better take take a few days off. Yeah, get it's, some rest. Ten day DL is cool for the starter, right? You can miss if you if you yeah if you've got right. if, you, if you've got a, a off day, you can really juggle and yeah. definitely use that to your advantage. And I'm sure the Orioles will. Yeah, the uh, Orioles are kind of like the Patriots as far as roster manipulation, where they'll skirt that that rule. Rules and uh and do whatever they can until they make it illegal. What do you mean, like when the they release the injury report for the right, week? Exactly, or who's probable, who's doubtful, right? Or how the Patriots will always find some rule that that should be banned, but they'll take advantage oh, of yeah. it. And every year, the NFL has to change a rule for the Patriots. <laughs> hey, well, so that's who they are. Hey, Matt, I'm gonna come clean. I had your name as Josh on Facebook Live for about 30 minutes, so just change that. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. yeah, we were just that's, gonna leave it. That's messed up. <laughs> it's sort of a Kyle's really bad with names sort of thing. So yeah. that's just reality. So did you have Josh as Matt? No, he's jo- we had two Joshes. Oh, yeah, two yeah. Joshes. <laughs> two that, that, Joshes. That's right, how fine. it should be. Yeah. <laughs> so my that, bad. That'd be really weird if your parents named both of you Josh. Yeah, <laughs> You'd you have like a George Foreman thing going yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, who named all their kids the same thing? Was it, was it George? It was George Foreman. Yeah, yeah. 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 George. Else even, even his daughters were George. Well, you know. Really? Yeah. He's a nut. You, you would think you'd add like Georgia or something, but no. George. Georgina. So yeah, who do you think? Who's really full of himself. So now that I guess they need two more starters. I don't know. Might be back. Who's going to be the fifth starter if you had to bet right now? I, I I've been saying from jump that it's going to be Jason Aquino, though no one else seems to agree with me. So maybe I'm really off base, and maybe still has to develop more. I th- but that's the guy's been. I think for me, most impressive in the spring training is Aquino. I think each of these guys. Look at his numbers. I think each of these guys is going to get one start in the minors, and it's whoever does the best. I think, with the news releasing that the Nats release. Vance Worley, that we're just gonna scoop him right up, and he's gonna get thrown in there. I mean, when yeah. I was at when I was at Fan Fest, you know, back in uh, late January, 
and we toured the Orioles locker room, Vance Worley still had his locker in there with all his stuff in there. Like he, I bet it's still there. <laughs> well, I'm sure. I'm sure he's just waiting to come up. He thought I'd come up to DC. I'll make the 40 minute commute, pick up my stuff, and you're all wrong. He's also the janitor. <laughs> I mean, could be. He I pushes the cart around with all the towels. The Aquino thing is interesting, but you say he did the best in spring training. That's spring training, right? Like, yeah. We Jake Fox hit 10 home runs in spring training one time. I think that there's your what he has going for him is that there's like the element of surprise, right? How many times have you seen Orioles lineups face a no-name pitcher and get get worked for six six innings or two runs, right? A lot. Or, or see, it happens or even, a lot. Or even our own. I mean, Mike Wright come up and dominate for two starts. Mm-hmm. Right. So they have that somewhat working in their advantage with Aquino. And what do you have to lose, right, to roll out a guy who hasn't really had the chance yet? It's kind of like the devil you know, devil you don't. So we can kind of agree that's the reason why you hope it's not Mike Wright. It's the reason why you probably hope it's not Tyler Wilson, although Tyler Wilson is somebody that if he's on that mound, I'm not going to hate it because he'll give you five yeah, well, with four uh, runs tops Ty- probably. Ty- yeah, Tyler Wilson's in the pen. So yeah, like, so it's not going to be I, him. I, I like him be, in he's, he's a long reliever, yeah. Um, but you long relievers can be swung into starters. Sure. Can we – you for the Orioles, right. absolutely. Can we cross Chris Lee off because of the whole start time? You're not going to want to start his time. Now, if it's just for one start, two you would, starts. You would say that about Jason Aquino, though. It's Hasn't he? Didn't he come up last year a little no, bit? No, no. He might have pitched him out of the, the relief a second. I, he, I, I, I think feel he like had, he's been up in the pen. He's pitched a few games in the majors out of the bullpen. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So that that's I mean that's the only knock on well besides control. I don't the only know. Other knock on Chris Lee. I mean the, the the thing that Aquino has going for them in Lee too is just the lack of quality competition here, right? Like not, all these players should probably be starting at AAA. But some, some one of them is going to have to make a start. Right, right. Um, well, yeah, I haven't mentioned is Gabriel Noah, who they yeah. picked up from the Mets, and that's like the, the Orioles. Orioles have a relatively barren farm system. It's not terrible. They have some names that are interesting, but right. some of these guys they've picked up in the offseason have been added on to those prospect lists, like top twenty lists. Like uh, I think Tavares was ranked fifteenth, Santander was ranked tenth on MLB Pipeline, and they had but the Orioles. Yeah, and Noah was crept into the Fangraphs right, top right, ten. But that also like, that also tells you how bad no, the no, exactly. Are, right. So, so take it with a grain of salt. <laughs> it's, it's both. They're, these guys aren't nothing, but they also would never be anywhere no. near that level. And so better else's than what we had. Right. Yeah, you have to take two things into account: but, the, the level of our farm system, and also think about what we got for these players. Enoa, I think, was was a minor league guy, but the rest of them was either a player to be named later or cash. Yeah. Well, and that so, and, right, and that's where you bring up like the guy we just got from the Phillies. Yeah, no player to be named. Player to be named, uh, player to be named or yeah. cash considerations. Or cash. Yeah, I'm guessing cash. Um, the the downside with bringing up Yanoa for that start is if you then send him down when Tillman's healthy, he's got to go through waivers. He has no options. He doesn't have options. Mm. So so that that makes well, you presumably wonder. he would. Yeah, but then well. at the same time, the whole point, the whole reason he's there is to eventually help the big league. Mm-hmm. If he can't help you at this point, when can he help you? Yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. I mean, it's going to be interesting. This is, but this is when you ask, has Dan Duquette done enough in the off season? This is what you have to look at and say, I don't know. I mean, look, they've added names that are in contention, but they certainly didn't go out and sign a guy that you can comfortably slot into your rotation, right? Right. But, but that's impossible, and or it's near impossible, right? Like we've seen the Orioles try really hard, and and Dan Duquette try really hard to get the middle reliever, I mean, I'm sorry, the, the, the middle, the of, rotation. middle of rotation yeah. starter who's not quite as expensive as the other guys but can still get the job done, like your Giovanni Gallardo, who we traded away, or like your Bado Jimenez, and it hasn't really worked out that well. I, yeah, you're right, but that doesn't mean you, that doesn't mean you can't keep trying. I, I think you look at a guy like Jason Hamill, who signed for like $6 million in one year. 
Yeah. That's a contract that I would be far more comfortable giving and trotting him out there as the fifth starter, turning into the fourth starter now kind of thing, <laughs> yeah. like, than I would playing this game of, like, it seems like you're playing craps kind of. You're just rolling sure. the dice and right. seeing, like, is this well, going to hit? And that's why I wonder about a guy like Vance Worley sitting out there because he showed some potential mm-hmm. last year. The Orioles know him. He's got a um, good nickname. Right, right. He's vanable. And, and you also hope that we have a new pitching uh, staff now with – with Roger McDowell right. coaching and staff, coaching yeah. staff, sorry, with Roger McDowell and Alan Mills, and you hope that those guys can help direct and get something out of these pitchers that that the other guys did not. Yeah, I, I'm not I'm not totally against the rolling the dice idea though, as opposed to having a Jason Hamill in there, because the good thing about rolling the dice is when Jason Hamill or Hubato Jimenez, we saw this Hubato Jimenez over and over again, when they go there, when they go out there and suck, you're kind of stuck with them. With rolling the dice, if Aquino sucks, fine, get him out of here, bring in Chris Lee. And if he doesn't work out, bring someone else new. So the advantage is you're not stuck with this contract with a guy. Even if it's just a one-year deal, you feel compelled to keep him on the roster the entire year if you're paying $6 million for him, where you're not compelled to keep any of these guys on the roster for very long. Right. So, but you also have to ask yourself, like, what's the percentage likelihood that this turns into a viable starter? And Hamill right. probably... Is that better than Jason right. Hamill, right? right. Yeah. And, and I've always liked the idea and, um, of, of splitting the start. When you have this fifth start and no one that you feel confident for, for going through the lineup three times to, to let one guy pitch three innings and another guy come in and just know ahead of before the game. Talk hey, about, talk about 25 men, right? Like, right. And, and this 10-day DL kind of helps with that roster manipulation. Or so why not? that bullpen, we, we worked hard to make it sure that we have guys with options in that bullpen. Right. So options allow you to do something like right. that. Right. So why not tell a guy like uh, – Chris Lee or Yanoa or whatever, all I need for you is go in there and throw the ball hard for three innings. One time through the lineup, and then and then we're going to switch to someone else. Similar to how you do the spring training games. It's, it's I don't know, like I hear you. But I don't like, think a pitcher wants to hear that. And it's touchy because you're not going to, you're not going to learn anything that way, right? Like, right. You're two, like one and a half times through the lineup. Well, you, what you're doing is you're treating, you're treating the entire game like the, bull, like the bullpen's hand on it. You're kind of admitting that none of these guys can be starters. Yeah. Yeah, which is <laughs> which is what we're doing. Like maybe they I have to give everyone a chance before they do that, you know? Yeah, and that I, seems desperate. That seems like like we up. we talked about that before when we had I forget who it was now off the top of my head, but it was somebody from the cavalry, and like it was paired with I think Britain back in the day was used as a half starter at one time, like three innings there before right. he turned into the the closer. And it's a situation that I I only turn to that once I've exhausted my other options. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, but if we're sitting here talking about who's going to be the fifth starter, we've kind of exhausted our options. I don't think so. I think there's good options there. Good, I don't know. I don't know. I, well, I think options. there's options there. <laughs> yeah, there's I, options. I think if we're not like desperate, desperate measures, like I like, I think try, try Noah, try, try Chris Lee, try Aquino before we get to that level. Yeah, let's but, see if they can start. But isn't there some concern that here it is? Uh, spring training's over, and you don't know who that fifth guy is. Like we gave them all of spring training to prove. And some the of guy. them played really well. Inoa pitched really well. Aquino pitched really well. And to be fair, it's it's something that we're not just saying it's going to be one of Mike Wright and Tyler Wilson. Like They've added something to be able to have more options. And people have said this is the best that the depth has looked for the Orioles throughout Joe Walter's tenure. You, you said, Matt, that they all looked really well. They played really well. They pitched really well. But you're going to throw oh, them oh, out no, there yeah. against the Red Sox A squad, the Blue Jays starting lineup like i don't i don't see Gabriel you know uh striking out jackie bradley jr and mookie betts and the guys who hit three home runs in one game against us you know 
They might have played. They might have pitched well, but who are they pitching against? Well, I think he knows trying to get more of the weak contact. Right, right, strike guys right. Out. Yeah, you're, it's, it's <laughs> the, the game is keep the ball in the park, not 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 strike him out. Um, no, I, I hear what you're saying. The AL East is tough. Uh, there's yeah. great offenses um, outside of even Tampa hits a lot of home runs, but you have a lot of good offensive teams and. Boston and Toronto and Yankees all can hit the ball. So and when we got I agree. what like our first eleven games are against AL East opponents. Yeah, uh, nine of our first twenty nine are against the Red Sox alone. Yeah, you learn quickly, right? Yeah, I mean, but we're, 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 but we're not talking about. Hopefully, we're not talking about a season long thing here. We're talking about a band aid for Chris Tillman. Yeah. Right, right. Hopefully, we're talking. If three, Chris Tillman's out for the year, we got. Yeah, we got. Well, and well it's also talking. It's, we we are speaking under the assumption that Bundy and Gosman are able to handle this. Yeah, hopefully. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we need to. <laughs> right, yeah. but like this, this is what we talk about, right? Like the lineup. I'm not worried about the lineup, right? We know who they are. Right. The pitching staff, the guys you're trotting out there on the mound in the first inning, are the ones that that are gonna have to answer the question. Also, I put in my uh, press box uh, season preview that. Uh, but the breakout stars will be Dylan Bundy and Kevin Gaussman. It's got to be. They have to be, or else you can just forget about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. and, no and, and Tillman being hurt, you know, he picked the worst time of the year to be getting hurt when we're playing all these tough teams in the, at the beginning of the season. It, it, if he wants to get hurt, like, in, in, in the dog days of July, p- preferably around the All-Star break, maybe. You're talking you know, like you know he's coming back, right? We're playing against the Brewers or something. Okay, you can, you can do a we, DL stint. We, we did see <laughs> him do a little long toss this past week. They didn't cancel that, thankfully. So they haven't had any setbacks. There's, as far no, as we there's can tell. no setbacks. I, I hate no those setbacks. They're telling us about yeah, those, those setbacks. Remember, they didn't tell us about the platelet shot yeah, either. Right, right, right. I don't believe that. Um, but another good thing that the Warriors got going for them as far as starting pitching goes is last year they made the playoffs, and their starting pitching wasn't good last year. Right. Like the bar is not high. Right. I was just looking up their ERA last year. It was 4.72, yeah, <laughs> almost right. five runs a game. We just want average pitching, right? Or yeah. not even average. We just want pitching. You, not, not even average. Well, you uh, look, yeah, they made the playoffs last year with bad pitching, but you want to not have to keep trying to do that. Yeah. And, you and, want to like have a real World Series competitor and you can make the playoffs by bullpenning it and like getting like Zach Britton was perfect, right? So as Glenn said a lot, like you're assuming or or I don't know if anyone is, but he can't be perfect again, right? Like right. if he is, then wow, statistical analysis <laughs> will <laughs> exist for years. But like yeah. he still won't get an MVP or Cy Young vote. But whatever, you, you want the Orioles to have a reliable starting rotation to eliminate that constant fear, right? Right. And sure, but the question is, can you get by without one? Yeah, they proved yeah, they, they can, but they not did. not the, not deep in the playoffs. Except except yeah. that yeah, what killed you? What killed us in Toronto? Pitching? No, I could argue offense, right? I would say our number three starter this year. Ubar I mean, Jimenez. I would argue that he, he was a really We just said earlier that the offense fell off here. the table. Then the true. season, that's any, true. Any one of those guys hit a home run in Toronto, the game's over. That's true. If your offense improves, or Buck's a better manager, the, the better your offense is. Plays Britain. It's getting heated in here. Yeah, the better your offense is, the more the more it can make up for for the crappy pitching. And it was also you could tell in that game, like if you want to talk about the offense, it was the utter. They were playing home run or nothing then. Yeah. yeah. So back in right, extra innings, yeah. it was just like there was no semblance of trying to just get on base. Yeah, I think that's a different game it's managed different and everything if it's a home game instead of in toronto mm-hmm. you know it'd be nice is just to win the division and then you don't have to worry about a stupid single wild card game but, and, and, and the teams that have good pitching staffs win the division the right truth. and you know who has good pitching staffs the teams who can spend all the money in the world well we, right? we cried about that for 14 years but it's just the reality of what we live in yeah we can't buy our david prices we can't buy our um who was uh yo mancada 
to, to then trade him for Chris Sale. Like, we, we can't buy those guys. There's something there. I mean, look, it's the unwillingness to sign international free agents is something that I hope the Orioles will reconsider as time goes on because, look, while I'm not advocating spending $72 million on Rusny Castillo, <laughs> I think that it's undoubtable that these younger guys, the ones who are like 18, 16 years old, they have that are signing for like $5 million, while it seems unbelievable, it's no different than signing a first-round draft pick in my mind. Yeah. Like you should, you should be getting into that market, but it's also just the inability to develop your own also, like prospects, pitchers in general, like the Orioles. They've got a lot to work on, and they've found a way to have success in an unorthodox manner, but you still – it's hard to see this team as currently constructed going and like – Beating every team in a series of seven, right? Yeah, right. It, yeah, yeah it, it's good. hard to imagine that. Yeah, I mean, and the, but the time is now because Dylan Bundy and Kevin Gosman are number one and number two starters, whether we like it or not. And now is the time for these guys to be superstars. Yeah, and I still think whether it was Indians last year or a few years ago, if you get in the playoffs, there's some luck. You you roll the yeah, like you just you got to get invited to the to the dance first, and then like stuff happens sometimes. Um, I mean, or you're faced with a juggernaut that is the Cubs, and, and you, know, you have no chance. But, I, I mean, just stuff happens when you're in the playoffs. So I think, especially if you're a mid-market team like the Orioles, I think the goal should be is to get in the playoffs as many times as possible and hope like everything goes right and you have a World Series run. Because you can't turn into the Cubs or the Dodgers or right. the Red Sox. Sure. So you've got to do your own way. Are the Orioles still considered a mid-market in Major League Baseball? I, I feel like they would be like a low market. So I, yeah, and I heard Buck say this week Buck that, said, that Buck said that we are the smallest baseball yeah, market. I don't know where he got that from, but yeah, I didn't say that he, too. He mentioned that on the Buster Only podcast. Yeah, it's just the, the smallest one. The smallest, the market, smallest baseball, market out there. Which, which um, I don't know. Part of me kind of thinks, well, maybe, depending on how they divide up the Nationals territory. And no. if, if, I mean, no. if or, they're getting sixty six percent of the revenue from this like the sixth yeah, but, biggest but, market or whatever it is. Right. 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 Yeah. But yeah. I don't know. But he Buck did say that the Orioles are the smallest market. So I think maybe if But if you're he, right, mid market might if be he's giving them too territory much or something. Yeah. <laughs> it, they're definitely small market. Definitely went down they on market a, share when like the Nationals um, came. Their payroll's top ten, I think, right yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. It's and not like they're not spending. No, like, and part of that is thanks to the Nationals. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. It's it's a look, ultimately, this is dancing around the biggest question of them all is will they ever pay Manny Machado, and or anybody that sort of money? And like we can discuss it ad nauseum and the idea that like <laughs> everyone knows that they have to, they have to, they have to. You'll pull your hair out saying it, but yeah. like if for some reason it's it's in box A, all of these free agents, right? And in box B, it's Manny Machado, then I guess stop spending money, right? Like, right. <laughs> figure out a way to win otherwise and sign that guy. But it's, right. it seems like the Orioles have put themselves in a position where they're just not going to ever go all in in the offseason, right? Yeah. yeah. You know, um, we, we haven't taken a break yet, so I kind of feel like maybe we better <laughs> Probably a good a break. Idea. Probably a good idea. All right, I'm not used to this whole taking break thing. Uh, this, show, yeah, this is like fine. real radio. Yeah, no, we can I, get I out just of here. Got we can take a break here that for we're a supposed to take three breaks, and we've gone 50 minutes without one. All right, yeah, let's, let's take a let's break. Take one. All good. Let's go ahead and do that. The new edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Steve Jones looks at the life and legacy of Maryland native Keon Carpenter, the late former NFL safety whose philanthropic mission continues thanks to other area athletes. Also in the issue, a 15th anniversary celebration of Maryland's national championship basketball team. Press Box is available for free at over 500 locations in the area, including 60 Royal Farm stores. You can also read the entire edition and see the best daily coverage of the Ravens, Orioles, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. 
Pitchers and catchers are heading down to Sarasota, but Section 336 is already in full swing. Section 336 is a Baltimore sports podcast made by fans for fans. Subscribe on iTunes and get ready for baseball season as Josh, Matt, and Bert from Section 336 start their fifth season of Orioles baseball. Find them at Section336.com and follow them on Twitter at Section336Show. Our children's futures start at a very young age, and Catholic schools prepare them for that future. Academic excellence with the belief that all students will succeed. A balanced curriculum, integrating music and arts, foreign language and Catholic faith, while challenging students in the areas of science, math, and technology. Discover the Catholic school's difference. Please visit archbalt.org schools. That's A-R-C-H-B-A-L-T dot org slash schools for more information. Hey, this is Stan the Fan, the old wily veteran of Baltimore baseball talk. While my fastball might not sit at 95 miles per hour anymore, we'll get by talking baseball just the same every Saturday morning from 10 to 12. Craig Heist will be co-hosting most weeks, and together our baseball Rolodexes will provide you, the listeners, with some compelling talk about the national pastime, the teams you like to root for, and all the machinations going on within the 2017 baseball season. That's the Battle Round, every Saturday from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Listen here or see us on Facebook Live. You've been waiting for almost a year, and now Fish for Lent is back at Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square through April 15th. Serve several different ways. You can get fish fillets on a bun with a tartar sauce packet. You can even make a deluxe with lettuce, tomato, and cheese. Or get it without bread. They have a two- or three-piece fish fillet option as well. Their fish is not cooked in peanut oil and is cooked in a separate fryer from their other products. That's Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square Fish for Lent, available through April 15th. 5198 Campbell Boulevard in the Nottingham Square Shopping Center. Tweet us at Glenn Clark Radio. 21st Century Talk Radio at GlennClarkRadio.com. GlennClarkRadio.com. Welcome back. This is Glenn Clark Radio, uh, Section 336 crew filling in for Glenn Clark. Uh, today's show is brought to you by Wendy's. It's a coming segment. What set Wendy's hamburgers apart? Well, fresh, never frozen, 100% North American beef, crisp toppings, and having the perfect ratio of bakery soft bun to hamburger. Taste the delicious difference of a Dave's single, double, and triple at Wendy's. Fresh beef available in the contiguous United States and Canada. So, so we are Section 336. Yes, uh, and we are sitting in for for Glenn Clark, and we appreciate the the opportunity. Of course, Absol- absolutely. This is like one yeah. hand shaking the other because I know Glenn Clark has sat in to Section three three six when I haven't been there before. Yeah, yeah. I, he's probably joined us three times, so we had to bring three of us in to there fill for for one Glenn. Even Only split. Right. <laughs> Only right. <laughs> yeah. Plus, I guess it's taken up three of us to to fill the airtime that he normally fills. <laughs> no, no. Absolutely. We like all of your opinions. <laughs> Yeah. And we do our, we do our own podcast. You you can hear us what on Monday nights at seven thirty. We do our own our own shtick. Yeah, over on pressboxonline.com slash podcast. Yeah. Indeed, yeah. we're on there, there now. That's the new the new podcast. What can we call it? the 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 podcast network or the podcast? The uh, Pressbox affiliated podcast. Yeah, nice, yeah. nice. I like that. Yeah, as well as uh, game time with Tim and Nick over there. DC starting back up, and there's oh, some man. good stuff over there. And, so and it's jobbing out, job, of course. Jobbing out. You can get ready for WrestleMania. Yeah. Nice. One late last night. <laughs> apparently. Is WrestleMania tonight? It's Sunday. It's Sunday. Pay per views are always on Sundays. Don't you know anything, Josh? I don't. 
know anything not about Not pay-per-view wrestling. boxing matches, which no. Saturday Pay-per-view WWE is Sunday I know, I know basketball is tomorrow. I am a little jealous of Glenn because he's, he's in Orlando right now, which is my second home. Uh, home away from home, Walt Disney World, if you will. But is it actually? I, 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 I do spend quite a bit of time at the uh, WDW. Walt Disney World. Oh, oh. <laughs> he's trying okay. to make it sound more, okay. man, more manly than I wasn't it is. Sure, I was like, "Don't you?" No, Glenn goes down there to hang out with, <laughs> yeah. with big buff men in leotards. Bert goes down there in the summer to hang out with other men in leotards. Are they unitards or leotards? I don't know. I think the leotard is what ballet ballerinas use. Yeah. Uh, okay. Unitard, wrestling unitard. Yeah. Is that what they're called? That sounds know. a little more manly if you unitard. say unitard than. Aren't they the same thing? Leotard. I, I think. Can we just call them unis? Yeah. I guess. No, that's oh, un- that's short for uniform. Definitely not a unitard. Leotard. Leotard. Uh, I, I, leotard is what I thought. It is also not a leotard. Uh, I don't know what it is. Uh, those those, <laughs> those wrestling <laughs> costumes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're underwear. I don't right. know. When I was a kid, uh, we took our tidy whities and colored on them with markers to look like wrestling tidy whities, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Absolutely. Wrestling Speedos. When did you stop doing that? Uh, <laughs> right, you're about, you're about <laughs> to show us something. You and don't ever ask that question. And then me and my brother and our friends would wrestle each other in them. Yeah. <laughs> Go. <laughs> did you have like there a slogan or something on the back there? Well, no, I did mine, so I looked like Razor Ramon. I drew like little razors on the butt cheeks, okay. and, and I I put a toothpick in my mouth and like got my hair all wet, got a little curly cue, and I was the bad guy. I hope you don't have that on videotape because you could probably get arrested for that. <laughs> right. why, why is that not on Facebook? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait for a future Throwback Thursday or, or Facebook Live. <laughs> we should we 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 used to do all that wrestling stuff too, and we were doing trampolines, which was always added extra element to it. That's it's the perfect a, place for a perfect plex. It, it, it's a it's a wonder though that no one broke their neck doing that. It was a lot of dangerous wrestling moves. I think it, oh, out there. I think surely somebody has broken their neck. Well, doing not you, but not myself yes. or any of my friends, and we're all grateful for that. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed. I had some other injuries throughout a young life involving a baseball taking a bad hop without wearing a cup, but I don't want to get into that right now. Oof. Still yeah. recovering from that. Still the, recovering the, from the that. The Caleb Joseph move? Yeah, the mm. Caleb Joseph incident. <laughs> I don't want to talk about that because that sounded just awful. Yeah. yeah. Just awful. But uh, is that more awful than having zero RBIs? Hopefully this this is a, uh, <laughs> a bounce back year. What, what, right. what a, can where, you imagine where, a worse that year? question not been asked yet? Can you what imagine? would you rather have, a nut yeah, shot a or uh, right, right. or, or zero, zero RBI again? <laughs> what, what, what a, like, a disaster is your friend? Now, he was playing the majors. He stayed in the majors the whole time, so good for him. Yeah. Good for Caleb Joseph. Uh, but what a terrible year he had. Oh, I, I think I'd take the, I'd take the shot uh, before, before an RBI ze- of zero RBIs. And what happened? Like Francisco I Pena would. came up and, and filled in for a little while while uh, Caleb Joseph was on the DL. And any time he was in the game, I feel like he got an RBI. Yeah, I would take the no RBI season <laughs> myself as a grown man. Uh, I don't know. He he's, he survived, um, but also part of that no RBI is just bad luck that the Orioles didn't get base runners. It's hard to hit RBIs uh, without base runners unless you're hitting solo home run. You're not getting RBIs. He's got a few home runs in the spring training, huh? Yeah, yeah. RBIs. Yeah. Flowing in. Yeah. It's even weird that they didn't even hit a home run. I mean, when, he came, when he first came up, everyone said d- the question was defense. Offensively, he was, he was solid. Yeah, he struggled last and, year. And, uh, yeah, it How was much? weird. It was a weird year for him. Right. But now this year, he's not going to get much playing time, right? He's back to his Sunday, Sunday Caleb? Probably. I don't know. It'd I be mean, interesting how much he plays, yeah. It's an interesting question, right? Like Castillo has never caught the amount of games that Weeders caught at his top level, right? I think that 
people have postured that it'll be around 105 to 110 games for Castillo behind the plate. Yeah. So that gives um, a little more for Caleb. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting. Yeah. Maybe, maybe you know, everyone talks about Zach Britton and the movement that that ball has late. Maybe Caleb should come in on the ninth with Britton to be like the Britton official official catcher. Well. So Castillo doesn't have to learn learn Britain and connect with Britain yet. Castillo has a little problem with past balls. He had ten past balls last year. Mm. So I, hear you. Uh, I think that again, maybe that's we one of those. Yeah, uh, a little creative. That's I think I that's Buck one of those. Like wait till you have to sort of things. You know, like uh, I don't know. I say that, but then you're thinking about a game getting away from you in the ninth inning, and then you figure out that it's too late. So like, <laughs> yeah, I know. Right? Could you imagine like Zach Britton in his perfection last year? If one of that was blown by by. By a passed ball, it would have sucked. It would have sucked. It, it's similar to. Wouldn't have been an earned. Uh, would it have been an earned run? Um, I don't think so. So yeah, maybe that, that would have kept him perfect. It's an error. It's an earned run. It kind of reminds me of, even though it's the pitcher's fault. Right. Yeah. Kind of reminds me of Justin Tucker being being perfect, yeah. except for the guy that hopped over the line. You know, it's like hey, he did it. It's though. like he did, which it, is yeah. now illegal. Yeah, yeah, now illegal. I don't know if I like that either. <laughs> if they can do it, do it. Get your head up. And yeah, I'd, stop I I like that. It. That's yeah. exciting. Yeah, but hey, whatever. Nobody blocks kicks anymore. I mean, very rarely. So when you have and like a, way a, to prevent it. a way to do it. And there's a way to stop it. it yeah. coming. So I was looking through the press box uh, predictions where a lot of uh, press box mm-hmm. related people went in and made their predictions. Oh, yeah. And everyone in Baltimore is fairly positive. A lot of wild card predictions or a just missed the playoff predictions. A lot of high 80s to 90 win. The uh, lowest was 84 from right. Roll, yeah. But if you look at national predictions, everyone's calling like the best predictions are saying like eighty-two wins. By um, and we all know how sabermetrics predict the Orioles to be in the seventies every year. Sure. Mm-hmm. So there's a why are we so positive about this team when everyone outside of Baltimore uh, is not? We're homers. We host well, yes. the Baltimore Sports Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I get, I get that, but. But Nobody would listen to our show if we constantly crapped on no, the team. Yeah, I even get that, he, but there's but there's a big difference. That. It's there's so I think it's ten. It's, there's multiple reasons, but especially like, like the the spot or whatever the what is it called that that projects the number of wins each team is going to have. Pakoda, Pakoda, right? They're running a formula, or they're not taking into account past results. They're just taking into account the current roster, what they have, and what they project will happen. So like while. All of those sabermetric things acknowledge that the Orioles have repeatedly proven those formulas wrong. It doesn't change the formula. So, like, it un- it's understandable that they think this high strikeout, poor starting pitching team won't be that good. But then, as Orioles fans, we've seen time and time again that the Buck Showalter managed rosters, that the rosters that are fluid, that Duquette's able to move pieces between AAA and the major leagues, these are the ones that. When you get to the end of the season, you're looking at an 85 plus win team, you know. Yeah. So it, it, there's a little bit of like homerism in that you you want to believe that that will be the case, but at the same time, like their success over the past four seasons and in the past five years, they have the most wins in the regular season. Yeah. Of anybody, and I think they probably have in the bottom ten of projected Pakoda wins in that span. <laughs> right. Like it's just what they do. And I love it. That's why yeah. they play yeah. the game. And the Pakoda projection, I mean, all the projection models, it's just so hard to get it right. Right, because like, it's stats. Even, and even it's, now, it's math. Well, even now, like, we don't know if Chris Tillman's going to be missed one start, missed two starts, missed ten starts, and that's going to have a huge impact on, on our team. And we don't know if someone steps up to be the fifth starter, who's it going to be, and will they be a quality pitcher or not. And this is just our squad. Right. I mean, the Boston's dealing with David, David Price stuff. Like, every team is dealing with unknowns, and that's what makes baseball great. 
but that also makes it really hard to predict because you don't know who's going to get hurt, who's going to have a breakout season, who's going to uh, regress. It's just impossible. And you try to you try to quantify it all and make these guesses, but they're just guesses. I know Buck likes to swing it over to. I was hearing him talk about how you can't like there was a play where I think uh, Ryan Flaherty was playing third and Manny was playing short and Ryan Flaherty chose to let the goal, ball go by him or something because he knew he didn't want to nick it uh, so Manny would have a better chance at that. And, and so Buck was saying that's a play that most third basements would nick the ball and the shortstop wouldn't have a play but Flaherty let it yeah, go because he, he knew Manny had a bad zone rating for that right, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah and so oh, I, I think it's Samuel Trichman argued there is a stat for that but Buck says it's those small little things well, and that, the fact that no one that when they plug him out. into the computer they don't know they don't. There's no projection for Kim's only going to bat against righties. Well, there's, or, there's, there's bat no totals. There's, right. They, there's they, bat they totals, try their no, best to predict no what guess. will happen. I mean, when they put the, who knows who the right fielder is going to be? We don't even know right now who's our right fielder opening uh, um, opening day is. Yeah, you're right. In a perfect world, the Orioles roster is kind of fluid. Yeah, and I mean that's I guess works to their advantage. No doubt. I mean, look, it's never going to be 2012 again where it's like 106 transactions throughout the year because they've, they've gotten to the point now where they have to keep the guys, right, and they're yeah. in major league contracts. But they're, they set their roster up in ways so that they can change it and move it and mold it to whatever they need in a current time. Yeah, and this yeah. one of the things that Buck, when, along with that, one of the things that Buck did right when he came in is he said, you know, we need option guys in the bullpen. So they're able to do that more than the clubs. They're not stuck with a overpaid middle reliever who they can't move at all. They're able to move guys up and down to, to best suit their needs at the time. And that's hard to it's hard to quantify all of that stuff in the stats because middle relievers coming up that they didn't even take into account that would be on the Orioles. It would be interesting to roster. see what they do with Oliver Drake, who yeah. doesn't have any options left. And they tend to like to keep arms and not just give them away outside of Miguel Gonzalez. But... <laughs> But I, I wonder whether or not they value the flexibility or more, or they think that Drake is a viable option this season. So that'll be something to see that when Monday comes around, we'll have an answer on. Yeah. He, he had a really rough spring. He <laughs> got roughed up in the spring. And so it's, he's a Navy guy. You, you root for Oliver Drake. Right. But, but yeah, you'll but, up, uphill we'll battle, see. as they say. So, yeah. all right. So, so let's, get, uh, let's get negative. What are some of these big things that we Did need to do? Did you just say, let's get about? naked? Let's get <laughs> negative. <laughs> we, we obviously, Til- is Tillman this? is a huge concern. We all hope he's back by the end of April. We, at the, in the back of our minds, we all know there's a chance Tillman doesn't pitch this season. Yeah, and in the back of my mind, Chris Tillman injury is not the biggest concern injury I have yeah. for the starting rotation. So what's, what's the biggest – I mean, the biggest concern that you're worried about Bundy? I, I, I still always am. I mean, right. he went three years without, without ever pitching. I mean, he, I, he makes me – every time he throws the ball, I get nervous that his arm's going to fly off with the ball. Are you con- are you concerned? Uh, thanks for that picture of He's his arm like a going Dave across Jarecki the plate. Dave Jarecki, yeah, I'm concerned about the Dave <laughs> Jarecki happening. To we we've Dylan seen Bunn. pitchers pitch with one arm. He, it'll just take a little bit of training. Um, are you surprised that the Orioles are starting Dylan Bundy like game two? I am. Like they're throwing him into the rotation immediately. I am because there's going to be an innings limit with him, right? Like you can't go out and throw 200 innings. I don't know. That's not, uh, not what they're saying. I don't know. I mean. They're, they saying, they're, they're saying he's I mean, on the loose. They're they, saying they, they're they, going to let him, let him yeah. pitch. Yeah, they're saying there's no limit. Uh, and it but that doesn't make sense. I don't, why? Because of Tommy John? I don't know why. They, they, because no one else does. Have it. you ever <laughs> noticed that Tommy John surgery? They change the opinion like every like year. Everyone has a new way of how they're going to handle it. Buck has said outright it, this off season that they're look. 
there's theories. Everyone has their opinion of what's the best way to train a pitcher, what's the best way to get their arm built up, blah, 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 blah. But there's, there's no definitive proof, right? Like there's, there's nothing outright. The 30-inning increase is just that, a theory. Right. So what they're going to do is they're going to let him, or what they've said they're going to do is they're going to let him pitch and see how he's doing. If, they sh- if he shows signs... If his velocity's down, if he's laboring, yeah. right? Like they'll right. adjust. But if he's able to go out there and pitch and pitch well, like they're not going to do what the Nationals did with Strasburg, I don't think. Well, and and that's the the big the big thing the Nationals did is they shut Strasburg down in the playoff hunt, mm-hmm. yeah. right at the end. Sorry, but if if Dylan Bundy hits his in in, in, in limit and we're heading into the playoffs, and he's a reason of why. Ri- yeah, exactly. ride that arm, let that arm fall off. You don't get that opportunity this often. No doubt. I mean, yeah, and I agree. There's probably not going to be an innings limit, but I also don't think last year he pitched 100 innings. I don't think you're going to go for 100 to 200. It was like 120, I think. And granted, like, yeah, parsing at that point. But look, you're not wrong based on conventional wisdom, but that's kind of their point is that they're bucking that to an extent. They're trying to see whether they're – look, this will be a fascinating case study, and it was last year also with with Bundy and with Aaron Sanchez in Toronto, right? Yeah, yeah. Like you have – guys who have never pitched as much as they're being asked to and until they show they can't the teams will let them all right which it's is i think all you can ask with the way this rotation set up right now are you saying like without bundy in this you now have three starters yeah yeah like i can understand matt that that's your biggest concern but that has to be magnified with tillman being a big concern like yeah. if, if tillman's healthy then yes dylan bundy's my number one concern but now with tillman being hurt yeah Tillman's got to be number one, and then you just got to hope Bundy can. Yeah. But but fight it's also it. it's also a concern because you're you're hoping to have more than this year from Bundy, and and a, a setback kind of takes out next year too, mm-hmm. a major setback. Yeah, it, it's that it's the fact that you're banking on this guy for the next several years, right? And it's also the fact that he made his first appearance when he was about 19, it would go back to like 2012, and then he was out for forever, and then with injury issues, and so he's shown the inability to stay healthy. And then last year was his first kind of full healthy year and so is was last year mirage was last year the the exception to to the rule with bundy where tillman hey, this is tillman's last year right like this this is it for him he'll right? be up after this contract will be up after this right, year, right 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 so he becomes free agent yes i guess i assume we'll try to resign him we'll we'll, we'll we'll see how that goes but i feel like there's less uh less concern with chris tillman in in a bigger picture and more with with dylan bundy but sure i mean it's the future yeah but you take you take either pitcher out of this start rotation and we got big issues here in baltimore but i think also it's important like we did this math last year and if you're doing the 30 inning limit thing if you're doing that thing where you're you're gradually incrementally increasing his innings yeah they pigeonholed themselves when they signed him to a major league contract out of the draft so yeah. they his service has already been started he's a free agent after 2019 yeah. so you're looking at the math and add 30 innings 150 this year 180 next the year after and then the free agent years the year he'd be able to go over 200 so like you're kind of forcing the hand a little bit with the Orioles to see if he's going to be that guy ever you want to know and if yep. you want to get as many years possible of it while he's still guaranteed to be an Oriole. Yeah. So well, he still, he still has to go through the whole um, arbitration process no, and stuff like that. No. Yeah, he he's, he's in it now. Like he's, he's currently, after this season, he'll be an arbitrator. Yeah, because remember, yeah. He, we saw him years and years ago. He's, he's, so he's, he's about to Well, they also signed him to a major, different, have him, different than like a minor league slot contract where you're like drafted and given the money that's assigned to your slot value. He was signed to a major league deal. He was on the 40-man roster immediately after being drafted. 
So he's he's only available on this team until 2019, and I think arbitration eligible after this year. Oh wow! Well, yeah, there you go. More more negative. <laughs> <laughs> Things just got worse, yeah. <laughs> right? Um, is there well, after what two, 2019 anyway, right? Right. <laughs> we'll right, yeah, we'll right. see where they stand <laughs> then, right? Yeah, you'll know whether they're bringing him back or not. At yeah, least, yeah. <laughs> Why are we packing up the podcast? <laughs> yeah, and that's what makes, and that really what makes this first half of the season going to be really interesting to watch because if things go oh, south yeah. early, they're going to have some really tough questions, t- tough decisions to, 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 to make yeah. um, about guys like Manny Machado, exactly. about guys like Zach Britton, Chris Tillman. Tough decisions because if you have players of real value that other people Right, you want to get something for them. And you don't want to lose them for nothing, but if you have a chance to win, those guys aren't going anywhere. But if we get off to a you know bad start, if in July come July, we're you know five seven games under five hundred, the temptation is going to be there. Do we sell? Now we still have these guys for next year, like Zach Britton and uh, Manny Machado for 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 next year. But their value decreases right every time um, as the season progresses. Their value decreases because another team's going to have them for less. Yeah, sure. So it's going to be interesting to to watch the first half of the season. Uh, I hope I oh I hope they don't get and off to a bad start. No, and that's where April. I, I, I'm not. The, I'm not mentally or emotionally ready to see this team get blown up. <laughs> and that's and that's where April is going to be tough. And April is going to be testing for an Orioles fan because the first 11 games are against the AL East. April is really tough. Last year we had a soft April, and if you remember, we did really really well in April to the point that we were saying, well, if we just play 500 for now on, we'll be okay. Yeah, we, we started have. the season seven and zero. Right. Yeah. It's going to be really hard. To to go seven and zero when the first eleven are against we the Yankees. We need to go eleven and zero. By the way, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to double check on that Dylan Buddy thing. I'm, I could have sworn that that was the case, but I'm looking into it. Certain places are saying that he's arbitration eligible after 2019. But again, I'm I'm trying to double check on that. Yeah, I don't, I'll, get, I'll get the final answer. Because I remember too, it was weird that he signed a major league contract, and they don't do that anymore. Right, no. and and he came he came up. We saw him what in 2012, 2012, 2012. He pitched out of the, out the bullpen. Yeah, yeah, and we. But then I also don't know how much. When when you a uh, big injury like Tommy John that affects your contract status at somewhat too mm-hmm. I think well, when when you're off the roster like depending for, on for how you've recovered nowadays right. not so much I feel like if you've shown you can pitch again then so Tommy John's just a technicality at this point I sure think. sure everyone accepts Tommy John but for Bundy he was down what two years uh, yeah, and with, it was it was a little more concerning than that too it was not even just like they had that shoulder calcification like there was some weird stuff yeah there's other stuff going on. yeah yeah. yeah. All that is now going on to, I guess it's contagious because Hunter, Hunter Harvey, Harvey is going yep. through everything now, too. It's just part of the rites of passage to get through our farm system. <laughs> that's, that's fine. You gotta, no. You're not wrong, unfortunately. <laughs> It'll work out. Is there anything we need to be concerned about away from the pitching staff? Pitching staff, this team, we keep saying this team's going to live or die by the pitching staff. Yeah. But the truth is, it's not all the pitching staff because the pitching staff's important. But as we were saying, if guys like Chris Davis can't improve, that hurts. If if Manny if Manny Machado, I mean, all, all of our hope is in Manny Machado, right? I mean, the fact that we all just assume his bionic knees are going to live forever. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So so obviously, if Manny Machado was got hurt or something, that would be disastrous. Obviously, um, I don't know. There's there's definitely advantages if Manny Machado gets hurt. That's fresh contract the contract stuff. Yeah. I don't but, know. But I yeah. Don't know. But oh, we all want this like. Why would you even say that? I know. I just, <laughs> that's hey. the dumbest thing that anyone's ever said on any bottom line. Everyone just turned right. the show hey, off. I'm just saying, yeah. if it comes July and we are Josh in is not speaking on behalf of If it comes July or Clark. and we are in uh, last place and we're ready to, to sell off 
some players and say this year sucks, next year is basically not going to do anything, then I'm just saying let's take out the knees. Buy us some more time. No. <laughs> Save us some money. I hear you, but get this God, guy. No. Mute his mic, Kyle. Can you do that? Just He's got like the power. They're adamantium knees no. now. He's like Wolverine. Yeah, he really can't do anything. They're indestructible. They're indestructible. That's he, actually true. He kind of looks like Wolverine when he's throwing some of those balls. <laughs> the word he was. some moves that. The word was it was like a corrective surgery, right? Like there was a one-time thing, and once it's fixed, it's fixed. And right. You don't it have was to worry about it. Yeah, right. something about he had like girl knees or something. <laughs> it was some, I'm telling you, it was some something surgery like that, that, like, that female like volleyball players have all the time or something. And that's. And yeah, Manny Machado yeah, had it. Discussion. It was yeah. like he was like, they were like in, they bow-legged a little bit. Like, so oh, okay. He could uh, hopefully. So now you're calling him bow-legged. No, I think <laughs> if I remember correctly, I think that's what it was. I don't know. Yeah, it was something like that. So, <laughs> run, Manny, run. So we, we all agree that the, the offense we think is going to be fine. The starting pitching, we have questions. The yeah. bullpen, we haven't mentioned the, the, the bullpen at all. Um, do we have as much confidence in the bullpen as we do in, the, in, our, in our offense to hit well, runs and score runs? I think last year O'Day took a step back. He had made some injuries. He had some injuries. Stuff, Hopefully yeah. he's healthy. I'm a little concerned about Zach Britton. He didn't get much time at spring training. You're concerned about injuries. Zach Britton? Oh, Jan. Let me roll my eyes. We got, we, got, we got four guys we know what we're getting with Britton, O'Day, Brock, and Michael Givens. Aside from that, it's it's a lot of new faces. It is. I mean, Hart, I mean, Tyler, Tyler Lester, Lester, yeah. our lefty Tyler special, Wilson. Donnie Hart, I, I, we don't 100% know. Yeah. How many, no. how yeah. many appearances did Donnie Hart get last year? Seven? I don't know. Yeah, more but, than but that. But he did he well. Good, I'm hopeful for Donnie Hart. But he had a good, you're right, he had a good month or two months, and that's yeah. it. Yeah, so um, Zach Britton's fine. Zach, Get out of here. He's fine. He's, I he's know great. he'll be fine. I'm just he's concerned fine. for this. For, I'm concerned about this first eleven days. Oh. Hey. I'm concerned if, if if Britain is ready for opening day. He's had he's had this delay. He, he will hope they're up by more than three in the ninth. Though. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. More home runs. And I, you don't I have just to worry about it. I hate some of these comparisons with relievers. How they're up and down, and we we want to compare Zach Britton to some of our relievers in the past like Armando Benitez, or more recently, right. like Jim Johnson. And Zach Britton is different from all of them because Zach Britton has a dominant pitch that Jim Johnson never had. So, so you're, even you're going if, the Mariano Rivera comparison. Like a one, one pitch. Like, t- uh, take all the dominant relievers, Andrew Miller. You say that, but yeah. Like, no, I mean, they have yeah. a dominant pitch. That sounds great. And Jim Johnson never had a dominant pitch. He relied on his 92-mile-per-hour fastball painting the corners. Now, Brit- Britton is, uh, I think it was Jason Stark we had on this week. Um and he said that he had written a piece last week about Zach Britton and that when you run the numbers, there are only two pitchers ever to throw exclusively one pitch like 90-plus percent of the time. And it's Zach Britton and Mariano Rivera. Wow. Really? It, it worked for Mariano Rivera? Yeah. I mean, it's just um, – and they was talking about how when he was coming up, like the first time he threw it, the movement, it was like it wasn't supposed to do that. The coach was like – Whatever that was, yeah. do that doing again. That. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. And, every single time. And he was like, "Should I add another pitch?" No. Uh, and it's like, "Why? Like, why would you? Why do you need to? It's right. just that nasty." Yeah. Keep, every now and then, I'll throw the Anderson away. And you're like, "What?" You know, he has a slider. He has that. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. away if he ever needs it, just to show something different. But like they, I mean, that's the nastiest pitch that I've seen. And Rivera's is a more subtly nasty. Like it saws batters off. It'll get them on the inside, and you'll just get weak contact. Right. Britain's it is just slightly yeah. ninety six and just drops. Yeah, it's, it's fun. It's and, fun that, to and, watch. and that's not going away. Like that doesn't go away. Right. Like so you yeah. say that, but not well, that it would, man. I, yeah. I, <laughs> I don't know. Like Jim Johnson lost his slider or his sinker for a little while there. Yeah, but it, I think it was never a dominant pitch. Like, I hear you, and I and I hope that's true. I hope that that never is going away. And it seems like there's a look again. I, I, I always find that strange he when keeps it. 
when baseball, when pitchers, batters, they all do it, where they, they do something really, really well, and then all of a sudden they can't find it. Like they screw something up in their rotation, mm-hmm. or they change their bat and stance slightly, and now they can't find their old bat and stance back. That, that worked well for them. It's muscle memory, though. It, like, it's so weird, yeah. It is crazy, though. You're not wrong. Like yips, and those aren't even necessarily yips so much as like adjustments that affect the outcome, but yips are real also. Like Obaldo is the most obvious example because he has the most finicky delivery, yeah. but – you're you're 100 right. Like there's things can happen, and hopefully the coaches are just letting Zach Britton do what he did because obviously there's no reason to change anything. Let's put it that way. Yeah, and if I mean you make a list of things for me to worry about, I'm just you want to throw in me worrying about Zach Britton. I'm not going to do it, Josh. I'm not going <laughs> to worry about Zach Britton. I got enough things to worry about with this baseball team. I'll worry about Chris Tillman right, right, and Bundy fine. throwing 200 innings. I'm not going to worry about Zach Britton. He's fine. All right, that's fine. We can be with Zach. I'd rather worry about Darren O'Day be, becoming 50 years old and, and being a relief pitcher. I w- I'd rather worry about Darren. Darren I, I feel age. like we got through that last year. Um, any concern about J.J. Hardy and his age this year? That's, that's he had a nice, one. He had a nice bounce back last year, but we already saw him have a little back injuries and uh, back spasms this yeah. spring. It's interesting, right? Because the Orioles will say, um, great defense in right field or even good defense in right field. I would rather The Orioles are saying, I would rather have great offense and below average defense in right field. But at shortstop, they're saying, I'm okay with J.J. Hardy being offensively below average because right. he's that good at shortstop. And you say offensively below average, but he's, he's not that. Like, he was a – there's two versions of J.J. Hardy as far as Orioles fans are concerned. There's the power-hitting one, and then there's the slap-hitting one, and either one is <laughs> useful true. in a different way, right? So he, as long as he's still able to play defense – I would be fine with the 270 hitter who hits only eight home runs on the season, right? right. And, and infield is a different position where infield, a great infielder gets that out at first, uh, where, where for a, a, the difference between a good outfielder and a great outfielder is, might be more of getting the ball in and, and stopping the guy from advancing. It's yeah. also the position. Like shortstop, you cannot discount how important it is to have a good defender, and J.J. Hardy is as reliable as they come yeah. in that regard. So, like... Hardy, now are you concerned that he's not going to play every game? I'm probably counting on it. I, I'm sure he's not right. playing every game. But at least Machado. Do I you, love seeing Machado at shortstop. I love stuff. it so much, too. Yeah. I love it so much. Why wouldn't you love it? It's one of my favorite things. Yeah. There's it's a lot beautiful. to be said about because that I'm, infield, too, with uh, that this is, what, the third, fourth, fifth year that it's the same all guys. All together, yeah. And, and these, you're not bringing in a new face with a different skill set, like, these guys know where the other guy is with, without even looking. Mm-hmm. Even the backups with Flaherty. Yeah, yeah. Flaherty's been there forever. Yeah. Yeah. So they can pop Flaherty in there if a guy needs a day off or is on a 15-day stint. And it's the same infield we've had for five years now. No doubt. But, hey, I mean, it's, it's worked, right? Like yeah. Davis is, is, for all of his deficiencies offensively, he's, he scoops the hell out of that ball at first. Yeah. Oh, like yeah. he's, he's, no one talks about the fact that he's a gold, regular gold glover first baseman. Mm-hmm. A dancing bear. Who doesn't have a gold glove yet? He's got one. Did he get one? Yeah, he's he got one. Yeah, he's got, we, we had that year that Manny got one, Adam Jones got one, and uh, Chris Davis got one. Okay. Uh, maybe even J.J. Hardy. Weeders, I thought. Maybe Weeders. Weeders. Now I'm just naming everyone on the roster. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Now uh, I think, I think Chris Davis Kim might and, uh, I don't think Chris Davis has one. Chris what? Davis has a gold glove. I, if he doesn't have a gold glove yet, it's outrageous. All right. Well, someone look it up. I was... Um, uh, and you guys are right with J.J. Hardy. He did bat 269. I thought it was worse than that last year. I guess... 
Part of me was once the the 2012, 2013 J.J. Hardy. 30 home runs. When he hit 30 home runs or in right. the upper 20s with home runs. But what do you need, right? Like, but Orioles have enough of that. Right. You're yeah. right. We, we don't need that. Yeah. So if he can get on in a 270 clip, like, by all means. Yeah, I'll take that. Yeah, play your play your defense and get on base and let's let's move along. Like Hardy is a great seven hitter, right? Yeah. If you can have a lineup where you can slot him in there comfortably and if he's got the power or he doesn't, whatever, I mean – He's a guy that am I worried about him? No. If his range starts to decline and to the point where he's not playing shortstop the way he used to, then yeah, that's when yeah. I'll start worrying. And you worry about the back spasm, right? Yeah, injuries are always issues. Injuries keep, uh, keep him out for too 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 long. Um, but other than that, but I I don't mind. I don't hate the defense when Flaherty plays third and Manny, Machado, Manny Machado play plays shortstop. And it's it's weird, right? Because normally coaches would say, all right, one guy's out. We're not going to mess with all the other positions just because one guy's out. But when Hardy's out, every time Machado switches over to short, mm-hmm. then Flaherty or someone else will Well, actually, play it's not every time, right? It was last year they made the decision to do it. And yes. it was before they would put Flaherty at short. Yeah. And then Machado, I think, like, either he asked to be put there or they asked if he wanted to be put there yeah. kind of thing. And oh, last gonna, year, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's – it's – look, people who argue that they don't like it, I don't know why you wouldn't like seeing a guy who's that talented – play the most difficult position on the field right? right like it's and and the ability the ease with which he does it his instincts everything like that it's something to behold and unfortunately what it does do is probably raise his price in free agency <laughs> but beyond oh, yeah. that like i don't know man that's it's something fun to watch when machado's at short yeah because his range is fantastic and sometimes he's limited from showing that at third he can show that his arm in his arm yeah, yeah that's my, my next yeah. point um going deep into a hole at third sometimes you can't show off the gun like you can at shortstop yeah, Dave, Davis was a finalist, but did not get the gold glove. Gotcha. Oh, Bert. Once, I'm right once again. Ho- hopefully this year. Hey, hopefully. I, I was right. We talked uh, last week on uh, on the Section 336 show, and you guys all said Trey Mancini wasn't going to make the opening roster. That's I true. Said, we I did. I he was. Uh, no, I put very big limitations on that. Oh, that, that, here we go. That I said it all depends on the 15th. Because they still got to clear a guy. They're going to clear someone from the bullpen for Wade Miley because we got a lot of guys in the bullpen. My They're question gonna, was opening day roster. And they uh, they could afford I, to do it because they only got three starting pitchers on the opening day <laughs> roster. Right, right. The question is, does Mancini play? Is he your, He's not no. your opening day right fielder. Who, who, who's pitching opening day for Toronto? They haven't announced it yet. Yes, they Strata, did. Yes. Oh, they Strata. Did. Strata. Yeah. oh it's, it's Strata. He's a righty. So it's going to be Kim and, and Smith in the outfield. Kim and Smith. Yeah. And DH will be Trumbo. Which – uh, Kyle and I were talking before you guys showed up in the studio. Uh, have you seen Estrada's numbers against the Baltimore Orioles? <laughs> Had success. <laughs> no, I haven't. I got them right here, actually. I'm assuming yeah. he's pretty good. He, um, or I had them. He has about held them to about a sub 200 average. Yep. With a, I think a OPS near like the 300 level. It's just not been. It's not been great. He's four and one. Four wins, one loss against the Orioles. In 10 games against the O's. Yep. He's, he's only allowed 33 hits in like 204 batters faced. And and at least over the past three years. And he's pitched more innings against no other teams than the Orioles except for the Yankees. Right? That, I really worded that weirdly. But <laughs> 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 the Yankees are the only team that he's pitched more innings against gotcha. in the past three years. So he's faced the Orioles and does well against the Orioles. Over 50 innings pitching against the Orioles. And a 322 ERA. They're hitting 182 against him. 4-1 and one record. And the Orioles will have... Two bats in that lineup that are different than, than previous season. Yeah. I, well, and I tell you what, I, I talk a lot about how just give the division to the Red Sox. They're, they've already won it with David Price and Jimmy uh, Southie. Not if David Price is down. But yeah, but you start to look at it and you think, well, maybe not because maybe Toronto. Yeah. I mean, look at Toronto's starting rotation. I mean, we're talking about uh, Estrada, 
that then Hap won like 20, 20 games last yeah, year. Yeah, 20 games last year. Uh, Stroman, Lariano, which was unhittable at times last Sanchez. year. Sanchez as mm-hmm. their fifth starter. I think Lariano's a guy that's going to have a really good year. I think that they, they traded for him for nothing. But the Russell Martin, Francisco Liriano pairing has proven to be extremely effective. He was his catcher in Pittsburgh when he had that crazy year. Yeah. I got a bad feeling Liriano's going to have himself a very, very good season. No, it's, it's yeah, that's, no, that's a really good start rotation. No question the AL East is going to be as tough as ever. Yeah. It's going to, I mean, Red Sox, Blue Jays, even the Yankees have young guys have, that have shown potential. I don't know if they can hold it up for a year. Yeah, I, I don't know if the Yankees, they can't decide are the Yankees too young or are they too old, but I think it's right. one of the two. Right. And a the, 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 the Rays both. always have pitching. So we'll okay, have fine. To yeah, and the Sabermetrics always love the Rays. The, yeah. 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 Yankees dropped the dead weight last year. And they're Wait, all, they're fresh this year. They're young. Uh, yeah. to really A-Rod. Like, they're, yeah. Well, I put in my press box prediction, there's two teams, maybe three, that are better than the Orioles in the AL East this year. Mm. And that maybe third is the Yankees. Did you say that, though? That's what I put in my prediction. Did you yeah. say it was the Yankees, though? Oh, no, I said... So then you left it up for debate. I did leave it up for debate. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm uh, exclusive. <laughs> Glenn Clark Radio exclusive from the Zany Burt Roadie. That third team I was referring to was the New York Yankees. <laughs> <laughs> Until the Rays start winning. Until the Rays start winning. <laughs> then there's four teams better than the Orioles. <laughs> and then I'll go back and cite that article. I told you guys. Three teams. <laughs> and I also put in that article, I love being proven wrong, so I hope I'm wrong. I mean, yeah, they have a lot of uh, young players, but I, I mean, aren't we concerned about the Yankees' rotation? Uh, Tanaka's good. Sabathia, old. Like how <laughs> did he did he gain I, any weight back? Because if he's fat right, again, he's good. Right. Remember, fat Sabathia. Is Pineda is he any good without no, that pine tar? And, and I love <laughs> knocking Sabathia around. Yeah. Like I enjoy when Sabathia faces the Orioles. We have had good luck with Sabathia. Yeah, I agree. But I think there's there's I, upside to the rotation. I think that Severino's talent. Mm-hmm. He's a guy that could pitch well for them. Yeah. Um, look, I mean, it's they don't have a great starting rotation, but they have. They're gonna if they win, it's gonna be because their young guys are just stepping up. Yeah. yeah. So it'll be something to watch. I don't know if you have to be immediately scared of the Yankees, but don't think they're just gonna roll over. Right. Right. Yeah. And if they're and if they're close, uh, the deadline would be interesting if they make deals Garrett with some Sanchez. of that young talent. Yeah. So we were, we were talking about how our infield hasn't changed in like five years. So they all know each other. They're all really close. Uh, what we get to watch that's really special is the Manny Machado Jonathan Scope relationship. Yeah. Right. So. Um, Let's take a break, and then let's come back with Mike Unger from the Baltimore Magazine, who wrote a whole article about their relationship. We'll talk a little bromance. Our children's futures start at a very young age, and Catholic schools prepare them for that future. Academic excellence with the belief that all students will succeed. A balanced curriculum, integrating music and arts, foreign language and Catholic faith, while challenging students in the areas of science, math, and technology. Discover the Catholic school's difference. Please visit archbalt.org slash schools. That's A-R-C-H-B-A-L-T dot org slash schools for more information. Hey, KZ here, Pressbox Fantasy and Reality Football Show with Sarita, the NFL chick. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm great. Every Sunday, 10 to noon, we talk about mostly football. We, We talk about the college game. We talk about the NFL game. We will throw in sports, local sports, some Orioles, some Terps. If there's an important story around the country, we'll throw that in. But our heart, our soul, of course, is football. Baltimore sports. Baltimore sports. In general. Do a little bit D.C. we got to give them some love sometimes. Uh, I guess. 
Sundays, <laughs> Sundays, 10 to noon, Pressbox Fantasy Reality Football Show. The new edition of Pressbox is available now. On the cover, Steve Jones looks at the life and legacy of Maryland native Keon Carpenter, the late former NFL safety whose philanthropic mission continues thanks to other area athletes. Also in the issue, a 15th anniversary celebration of Maryland's national championship basketball team. Pressbox is available for free at over 500 locations in the area, including 60 Royal Farm stores. You can also read the entire edition and see the best daily coverage of the Ravens, Orioles, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Hey, it's Nick Ashew. It's Tim Murray. And we're back now with PressBox Online every Tuesday. Game time with Tim and Nick. So, similar name. Very similar name. A lot of the same content. Oh, we'll change that content up, you know. We'll stay with the times, obviously. But we're still going to yell at each other. Oh, I'll push your buttons whenever we want. You always do. We're like an old married couple. Every Tuesday, subscribe to us on iTunes. We're on SoundCloud, PressBox Online, Game Time with Tim and Nick. Find Game Time under the podcast tab at PressBoxOnline.com or on iTunes and SoundCloud. You are out. You are listening to Glenn Clark Radio Radio at glennclarkradio.com. Welcome back. It is Glenn Clark Radio. We are about to be joined by our first guest, or I guess our only guest, Mike Unger, but this is brought to you by Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square, and you guys have been waiting for almost a year, I know, but Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square has fish for Lent back through april 15th you get fish anytime obviously but on fridays if you're if you're practicing fish for lent served several different ways fish fillets in a bun with tartar sauce packet you can even make it a deluxe with lettuce tomato and cheese or without bread so that's chick-fil-a nottingham square over there by the white marsh shopping center uh, Kyle, you, you left off the best part about chick-fil-a and what's that monday is Orioles that's Day. A, that's a great point. Where we can go and wear your Oriole gear on the way to the ball game and get a free Chick-fil-A great sandwich. Great point, Josh. So it has to be licensed Oriole gear. It can't be like orange. You've got to have the Orioles logo on there, but you will get yourself a free chicken sandwich. Nice. If you do. I, I've gotten away with some Section 336 shirts. <laughs> to, uh, to, and they still get They're the really sandwich. pushing the license thing, though, this yeah, year. Yeah, they are. They <laughs> so are. you might want to cover your bases. I'll at least be wearing an Oriole cap. I don't think I have any unofficial Oriole cap. So joining us now from Baltimore Magazine, is Mike Unger, who just wrote a piece called uh, about Orioles stars Manny Machado and Jonathan Scope and how they share a bond beyond the infield. So, Mike, welcome to uh, Glenn Clark Radio and uh, Section 336. Hey, guys. Thanks so much for having me on. I appreciate it. Uh, glad, glad, to, glad to have you. Um, you. You're a local guy, obviously writing for a local magazine. At what point did you just uh, like become an Oriole fan? Were you raised an Oriole fan like us, or is there something else that brought you to this team? I was raised an Oriole fan. I grew up in uh, Montgomery County uh, in Rockville. I'm 41, so there was only there were no Nationals when I was growing up. So uh, we we made the trek out to Memorial Stadium uh, several times every summer. So I've always been an Orioles fan. Cool. Um, the the Manny Machado Jonathan Scope relationship. We all watch it and see it from afar. Um, we we think that's something pretty special that you don't see that very often. How, did you get to spend some time with them for uh, this article and get to see that, that bromance in person? Yeah, absolutely. I went down to Sarasota in February to uh, interview and interview them and got to spend some time with them um, at the facility and, and during the photo shoot. And, and you can really tell that they, they share a special bond. I, I talked to a lot of other players about that, too, and they all chuckled when I told them what I was writing about because uh, they know that those two are, are real close. Oh yeah, as good as your article is, I think it's the photos that really capture the, the <laughs> capture the bromance. Yeah, that the, the on your on your story, the the cover picture is is fantastic. I love that picture. Um, 
Mike, the I, th I think a lot of people forget or don't know that Scope and Machado kind of grew up in the organization to, to, together, both starting at the shortstop position. Can you just, uh, talk about how playing minor league ball kind of solidified their friendship? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that you're right. A lot of people don't remember that they both came up as shortstops uh, because they made it to the majors in different positions. But um, they, they met in 2010 um, at the Gulf Coast League, and they were taking a lot, you know, they were doing drills and, and playing together at the same position at shortstop. And, and uh, you know, where a lot of guys could have seen it as kind of a, the other one as threatening or could have seen it as a competitive situation, they really bonded. Um, a lot, they, they both pointed to their, the fact that they speak Spanish. Uh, and they were both kind of young, too. We can't forget that they were teenagers when they met. And uh, they just kind of hit it off from that point on. They played together at Delmarva and at uh, Carolina, uh, or the, in the Carolina League at Frederick. And uh, so it could have been kind of a, more of a competitive or threatening situation, but uh, they both kind of embraced the fact that they were going to make it together. And uh, they've, they've stayed close ever since. Yeah, the, these are they're, they're both special players. And it's evident, and we all know that they're both very talented baseball players, especially on the defensive side. Did you get spending some time with them? Did you get to like learn anything interesting about uh, them as individuals or how they relate to each other? Yeah, I was struck by just the ease in which they relate to each other. So we were we did the, the main interview out on the on a patio um, in the uh, at Ed Smith Complex down there in Sarasota, right near a field name for Earl Weaver. And uh, they love teasing each other. You know, it reminded me a lot of a relationship kind of like between college friends because these guys, you know, of course, they didn't get to go to college and they're still pretty young in their, in their early or mid-20s, um, 24 and 25, I guess. Um, so you know, they, t they talked about all the, all the competitive stuff they like to do. Um, you know, I was kind of surprised that, they, that chess is among the things that, that they do. And I showed them um, a chess app I have on my phone they were really taken by and they said they were <laughs> start start playing chess over their phone and, they were, you know, they argue about who's better uh, at, at certain things like video games, FIFA, that sort of thing. Um, but I was also struck by the fact that when we talked about, you know, what the strengths were of each other's game, they gave each other credit. Um, you know, they, they said, you know, Scope has, has the more power. Um, Machado has, uh, you know, is the better overall hitter. So they really, they really respect each other. Um, I was struck by that as well. Uh, now, here's a question I really want to ask, and here's really... All the entire reason I wanted you on the, the show, Mike, to answer this question. Who, who has the stronger arm, in your opinion, Jonathan Scope or Manny Machado? Who's got the better arm? Well, I can't imagine anyone having a stronger arm than Machado, especially <laughs> some of the plays that we saw him make in the World Baseball Classic. I know you guys have been talking about that in your last couple shows. Do you, do you think but, Scope uh, would agree with that assessment? <laughs> There's no way. So. <laughs> I, I don't know. That's, that's the one thing that they argued about, that I think they, they, they each think that they have the stronger arm. Um, but until we see Scope make some of those plays from you know foul territory behind third base, I'm going to go with Machado. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, uh, there, there's something special. Uh, I know even like Matt and I play softball together, and there's something special when you're playing sports with a brother that you've played for years and years that you grow a special bond. And I, I, it seems like we see a little bit of that on the field with Manny Machado and Jonathan Scope. Do they uh, appreciate how special that is on the field and – how that impacts their game? I think so. Um, you know, one of the questions I was asked, I asked Buck and uh, and a couple other people like Chris Davis, is about how that their friendship translates to chemistry on the field because we hear a lot about that. You know, in football with a quarterback and his receivers, or in basketball with the you know point guard, the way he meshes with the other four guys. And uh, everybody said that the fact that they're so close does kind of 
um, show itself on the field. They can anticipate where each other is going to be on relay plays or, or tag plays or pickoff plays, something like that. Um, so I think that they're, they're definitely enjoying playing together. They know that uh, the way they relate off the field helps them on the field too. How do uh, how do their wives, girlfriends, how do how do women in their lives handle handle this? <laughs> well, I talked to Machado's <laughs> wife. I did not have a chance to talk to uh, Jonathan's fiance, um, but she she was uh, she was very funny. She she um, compared them to brothers. Um, you know, the, the wives kind of let them go do their thing. A lot of the times, they've spent time together with each other in the off season. Uh, Machado's place in Miami, and and Manny's been to uh, Curacao the off-season where, where Scope spends a lot of time, obviously. Um, but his, uh, his uh, Manny's wife gave me a great quote, I, I think, from, that I put in the article where it said, uh, you know, uh, who has, they argue about everything in terms of who has better hair, who's better looking, <laughs> who has better hands, everything. And Manny's wife said, I think it's cute, but sometimes I'm like, okay, guys, grow up a little bit. So <laughs> I, I think it's similar to the way that all, you know, all our wives or girlfriends kind of roll their eyes uh, when, uh, when guys do some of these guy-like things. <laughs> yeah. I think one of the greatest things about their relationships is the uh, the handshakes. Can you talk to us about? Have they? Did, did were you able to in Sarasota get a um, a sneak peek of the new handshake at all? No, they were actually. I interviewed them in late February, and they were getting ready just a couple days before they were each going off to the WBC. And they said they take about a week uh, before the season to come up with the handshake. <laughs> uh, so they hadn't they hadn't worked on on this year's handshake yet, but. It seems like Scope is a little more of the driver of the handshake. He said that he spends some time on YouTube doing a little <laughs> quote-unquote research on the handshake, seeing what the, what the trend is among other af- professional athletes. And so they said they were going to solidify that, you know, in a couple days uh, before the season. So hopefully, hopefully we'll see something exciting on Monday if it doesn't rain. I, I didn't know there was that much that went into the handshake. Oh, it's a pretty complex handshake. Yeah, but to go to YouTube and do research and all to make sure you have the best handshake in Major League Baseball is pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah, they um, get into it. What are you hoping that the, the as we mentioned, your your article is uh, is bromance, and it's uh, in this month's uh, Baltimore Magazine and available on uh, BaltimoreMagazine.com. What are you hoping the reader will take away from this? Um, just to get a better understanding of their of what these kind of guys, these guys are off the field. Um, you know, Baltimore Magazine is a general interest magazine, so a lot of our readers are maybe not fans at all of the Orioles or casual fans of the Orioles. Um, so I try to focus on a lot of their off the field uh, kind of exploits rather than getting to the nitty gritty of how they play on the field. There, there's a, it's a mixture of stuff, of course, but um, I think that readers will will be able to tell. Uh, you know, just how deep their relationship is, how much they care for each other, and, uh, you know, how much uh, they, they love playing together. Hopefully, uh, you know, their contracts are up, as, a, uh, as I know you know. After oh, 18. everyone's well aware. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> Thanks right. for reminding us your, again. Go for your later after Machado. So I think that they're cognizant of that, and, and they're going to enjoy their time here, and they want to accomplish some things here in Baltimore um, because you never know what the future holds. Yeah, well, we want the bromance to stay in Baltimore as long as possible. Yeah, so does so does Buck. I think so does so do all Oriole fans. All right, well, that's exciting. Will you be uh, heading down to to the game on Monday? I will be at opening day. I've been to many, many, many opening days in a row, and uh, I go with a group of, of ten guys and, and some dads mixed in um, who, who I grew up with. And we hit Lexington Market at Fadley. Uh, Fadley's in Lexington Market before the game, and uh, and we'll walk down and, and hit the game at three o'clock. Hopefully, the rain holds off. I've been. You know, checking the weather every day like a maniac, and it changes so so uh, quickly. But right. uh, hopefully, hopefully the rain holds off. 
Wow, looks like you got your own little bromance to enjoy watching the opening day bromance. Tradition. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. That's right, that's right. Crab cakes at Fadley's can't be beat. Some oysters <laughs> and beer in there, too. <laughs> All right. Well, Mike, it's a really, it was a well-written article, Mike. We appreciate you, cu- you coming on the Glenn Clark Radio Show and, and talking to us about it. And again, Thanks, that's... I really appreciate it. And, of course, you can always uh, follow Baltimore Magazine on, uh, on Twitter. It's at Baltimore Mag, and uh, Instagram is at Balt Mag. And we'll be putting out a lot of stuff on Monday from opening day, a lot of photos and some, uh, some more material. So thanks a lot for having me on, guys. I really appreciate it. I've enjoyed listening to your podcast, too. All, All right, right. Thank you, Mike. And that, that really is a special thing. It's a special thing between the Manny Machado and Jonathan Scope, guys that came up through the organization, guys that are superstars in their own right. Manny Machado, unprecedented. And Jonathan Scope, like we just talked in the first hour of the show, is right up there, one or two best second basemen in, in at least the American League right now. And there, there's friendly competition but these guys are each other's biggest cheerleaders. Yeah. When yeah. one of them does something big, hits a home run, there's genuine excitement when yeah. he comes back into the dugout. With con- He's the first one at the top of the stairs, whether it's Scope, whether it's Manny. Like, th- it's really special. It and is. It's, 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 it's fun for us as fans to appreciate it. I mean, you, and you can even have to see after he makes a play. I think it was mentioned in the article when Scope ma- made a great play after Machado made a great play. Scope immediately like, turned and looked and smiled at, at Manny. Yeah. Right? J- j- just that a- a- acknowledgement. And they're having fun. Right, like the, this is a team that has fun. This is a team that like is not. We talk chemistry. I know people like. I know it doesn't win ball games, right? Um, not necessarily, but this chemistry is something that is. It certainly it helps when you like going to play with the guys that you're next to. Yeah, and we see that so much with Manny and, and Jonathan. I think we see it with throughout the entire team as well. It helps with the fans. If if the players are having fun, we can't help but have fun too. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, they make it fun to watch. Cool. Should we? Uh, I think now let's take our final break, and then we can come out and close and close out the show. It's been Sounds awesome good. filling in for Absolutely. Glenn, and, and it's gone fast. Absolutely. Some of you admit to being professional wrestling fans, while others of you are liars. Glenn Clark here, and if you are a professional wrestling fan, whether you admit to it or not, I've got a show for you. It's called Jobbing Out. Myself, Aaron Oster, the pro wrestling writer for the Baltimore Sun and Rolling Stone as well as A.J. Francis of the Washington Redskins. Yeah, he a Terp. We talk pro wrestling every week. It's a show called Jobbing Out. Great guests, great analysis, well, okay analysis, and uh, plenty of fantasy booking because that's what you do when you're a pro wrestling fan. If you're not a pro wrestling fan, give it a listen anyway because we, uh, we could use the numbers. Find Jobbing Out in the archives section of glennclarkradio.com or by searching Jobbing Out in iTunes or SoundCloud. Pitchers and catchers are heading down to Sarasota, but Section 336 is already in full swing. Section 336 is a Baltimore sports podcast made by fans for fans. Subscribe on iTunes and get ready for baseball season as Josh, Matt, and Bert from Section 336 start their fifth season of Orioles baseball. Find them at Section336.com. And follow them on Twitter at Section336Show. You've been waiting for almost a year, and now Fish for Lent is back at Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square through April 15th. Serve several different ways. You can get fish fillets on a bun with a tartar sauce packet. You can even make a deluxe with lettuce, tomato, and cheese. Or get it without bread 
They have a two- or three-piece fish fillet option as well. Their fish is not cooked in peanut oil and is cooked in a separate fryer from their other products. That's Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square Fish for Lent, available through April 15th, 5198 Campbell Boulevard in the Nottingham Square Shopping Center. This is GlennParkRadio.com. Nothing but net. Section 336 back and filling in for Glenn Clark Radio. Correct. Yeah. You're right. I'm sorry. Did I? Did I no, 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 no. no. I didn't there. realize. I thought maybe no. it seemed like I was going to be the one, and then you took it over. So good job. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm no, sorry. no, 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 no. I didn't expect to be. <laughs> you were the one that saved it. You got it. Yeah. Sometimes I just jump right in. It's all good. You're doing yeah. fine. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Struggling. It's been an hour forty-five minutes. It's it's. We went. Though we did go an hour thirty uh, last week on episode whatever episode we were on two hundred eight of section three thirty-six, something like that. Where we well, we got to do another two hours on Sunday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. I mean, yeah. I mean, on section thirty-six, we only cut short because I have bedtimes. Like, there's nothing stopping us from going two hours except for I have a bedtime. I know. My, my oldest daughter, her bedroom is right next to our studio. So she says she falls asleep on Monday nights listening to us yell at each other. How about oh, that? That's cute. So nice, uh, nice family set in. <laughs> you know? But, uh, yeah, we haven't really talked much about our show. We've had a busy week. We had a, a big show this past Monday that's available on section336.com. Yeah, a, a real fun conversation with um, Jeff Arnold, Jeff Arnold and, Kyle Hoos- and Kyle Houston from the Frederick Keys. Yeah. So we talked a lot about minor league baseball and really got and into uh, really got into the promotions because there's nothing better at minor league baseball than promotions. Yeah, it was a really fun conversation. Right. If you want to hear about monkeys getting loose and and donkeys, it was the goats. The got goats loose. got loose. The yeah, goats got loose. The yeah. And and Shooter McGavin. <laughs> Who doesn't yeah. want that? Yeah. 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 They, they got By the way, promotions this year. This is a good chance to discuss this. You guys still enjoy the movie Happy Gilmore, right? Yes. Yes. Sure. Like it has aged wonderfully. It does not. Sure. You enjoy it just the same as you did when you were younger, right? I would say that. Yeah, yes. probably so. Sure. Glenn refuses to watch it again because he thinks it won't hold up. Oh, no. <laughs> no. No, it's an interesting point because I don't watch it. I have not watched it in its entirety for probably 20 years. But you have uh, never but, shy but away from tuning in to parts of it. No, right? if I flip by TV, TV, TBS yeah. and right. it's airing, it's all. It's generally when I flip by, it's in the same couple segments. So right. yeah, what's sure. not to love? You got Carl Weathers. The alligator bites his hand off. Mm-hmm. You got and the, the <laughs> love, had me at Carl Weathers. The love interest from the movie is now Claire Dunphy on Modern Family. Truth. And Truth. and back when she was young and hotter. <laughs> and uh, see, I always just thought true. I always thought Ben the, Stiller is the uh, the terrible, geriatric nurse. Yeah. <laughs> I I just always thought it 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 makes. It makes golf kind of what we all think that if we just went out right. and played, we'd be perfectly fine. Oh, not to mention that it doesn't take any ability. Kevin Nealon mm-hmm. riding a pony, feeling the flow. <laughs> all, all of it is just fantastic. And Shirley Gavin, of course. Yeah. So Glenn, Glenn's wrong. He doesn't well, know what he's doing. On the one aspect, Adam Sandler's, a lot of his movies don't hold up that well. <laughs> no. So, like, I'm not going to go back and watch Waterboy. Or I will. Why, why not Waterboy? Really? There's I, I nothing in Waterboy that's not going to hold up. Little Nicky. How about that? Little Nicky. Well, that I, didn't hold up I want to watch out. that the first time, yeah. Guilty pleasure. Call it guilty pleasure. <laughs> yeah. I will um, admit to enjoying Little no. Nicky. And the I, Longest and Yard? Well, yeah. no. You're no, not, see, count. see you're doing count. the wrong thing. You're listening to movies that were bad when they came out. Spanglish? We're saying movies that were good, and and you know what? They're still good. I'll still watch Big Daddy. You'll still watch Big Daddy? This one where he marries Kevin James. That doesn't count. We're about to mute your <laughs> I now mic. You bring up every, Larry. <laughs> every bad movie. <laughs> <laughs> though, though I I find Adam Sandler entertaining even in his bad movies. I don't know. Like he's got that. Net, he's got like that Netflix ha- deal where now his movies are going straight to Netflix. Click. I haven't watched any of them. 
Yeah, so, I'm watching them. Yeah. They're, oh, click. they're bad, but they're good. They're bad, right? but they're entertaining. Right, right, it's right. like you know, it's Netflix. What am I expecting? I want to just <laughs> watch it at home. I'm not going to pay the. I want the old bucks. days. I want the Happy Gilmore stuff. You know. Yeah, that's yeah. old. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Um, my mom took me and my brother to the theater to see Billy Madison when it came out. Really? Classic. Yeah. Oh yeah. Also, I'm, a I'm another one that, that still that was his first up. one, first big movie. Yeah. Yeah, that still holds. Is up. Is that appropriate, mommy and son movie? No. Now no. when I go back <laughs> no. and watch it, I can't believe I was like 12 and watched that with my mom. <laughs> yeah. Still a great movie. There's, oh yeah, that's no doubt. a great movie. Yeah. All right. So what do we think? Monday. What's going to happen? Uh, big day. Besides winning by 30 runs. Uh, well, we're all going to boo Batista on opening day. Are you, is there going to be an opening day? Is, is the weather going to hold up? You mean rain? Uh, yeah. This morning they were rain. saying 50%. All right. So um, we're going to have to uh, keep checking with the weathermen. They can't and, uh, ruin I hope, it. hope they're better than Pakoda. They can't ruin it any worse than they did last year where they started the game just for the sake of starting the game <laughs> yeah. and then proceeded to have like, what, a four-hour four oh, rain delay sorry. or that something? That was ridiculous, yeah. It was awful. Is, yeah. it, is it strange to you guys that here we are with the 25th anniversary of Camden Yards and the first pitch is being thrown out by the mayor Senator Bobby Zirkin and then uh, Fred Manfra I have Fred Manfra's like, cool right Fred Manfra's cool I get that this is his last year isn't but, it? but why is Mayor Puig out there because why Pew, is Pew Pew, Pew. why is <laughs> Pew. Mayor Pew. He's, not, he's not a Baltimore resident he doesn't even know, the mayor. I, I, know I know who she baseball. is <laughs> I know who she is I'm talking baseball <laughs> why? what's her first name uh, the, the mayor Catherine yeah Catherine there we go with a C Uh, correct no it's with a C I've seen it I've I've read it in the sun it is a C um but still, it's the 25th anniversary. Who, who would you rather He say? wants Trump, but, but, but President <laughs> Trump, Trump. <laughs> is, doing the, is doing the Nationals. So. No, no Trump, he's not. Trump turned down the Nationals. Oh, really? I thought he was. No, Trump turned down the brackets, and he's turning down the first pitch. Oh, that's a shame. Real yes, leader. Who, who, would you, <laughs> who would you rather have? Um, who pitched the first game in Camden Yards? Rick Sutcliffe. Rick, Rick Sutcliffe. Yeah. I would, bring, I would bring Rick Sutcliffe that would be cool. back yeah, again. That would be a good one. I hear you. Or Brady uh, Anderson. I, I hear they let him do whatever he wants. I, I'm, I wonder if we'll have some t- some tips and change the form of the want, uh, first pitch people. I, I want Michael Phelps to throw out the first pitch of every game for the entire season. Yeah. Can we do that? I'd be down with that. Uh, I thought you were going to go with Mike Wright. I mean, he's not doing anything. Why not let him <laughs> throw the first pitch and then send him down to Norfolk? It's the strike you say. But really, though, in the game itself, Estrada versus Gosman, we think Gosman's just going to hit the ground running? Hopefully. I, I'm excited. He's got, he's got, I'm excited because I'm excited he, to see Gosman opening day. Because he's got a... We, Gosman in what was that September was exciting, yeah. And he pitched really, really well and was taking that next step. And he's looked he's looked fine looked in good. spring training. Well, so I am excited for him. And 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 maybe if he pitches the first game of the season, we can start to call up. We can start to call him, and he can live up to being an ace. Right? You can't say yeah. Nace is number yeah. two starter. He's number one starter now. We can start calling <laughs> Nace. You're going to have more than one Ace, guys. Let's not act like the Orioles are only allowed to have one number one starter. Um, like, but just ask he, the Red Sox. Who's the Red Sox? Have you paid ace? attention to the he Orioles? We're lucky to have one. If we the, have one. Officially the number one starter. And, yeah. and it's, it's a young guy. It's one of our own. Um, it's a guy that has high hopes. So I'm excited. I, yeah. I, I like that he throws hard. I, I hope he comes out and throws 97 miles per hour in his first pitch. Yeah. Yeah. Or 98 miles per hour even. Let's get crazy. Let's right. get wild. Right. So I'm <laughs> and, excited. And I, 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 I hope. Let's strike. Yeah. Okay. I'd say a strike. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't want a 98 mile per hour ball that goes over the catcher's yeah. head. Like, I don't want that. Like a, like a Chris Lee pitch. <laughs> that the net has to catch. Yeah. I don't um, want that. Yeah. And then I'd like a. Like a Tanner Scott pitch. <laughs> right. right uh, Ricky Vaughn. I'd like a, a bean ball to Jose Batista. 
Let's start this. Let's start oh. this out. Let's start this First season time out. Up? First time out. Let's Be get up. into it immediately. See, I like that, Josh. I no way. No way. Because then when he hits a home run later, can you imagine the bat flip we're gonna get? Forget it. It's not working. No, you got to start. You got to start this out hard now. You got to get him angry before Darren O'Day goes in. Uh, let Ryan Flaherty <laughs> say some crap from the bench. You got. You got to get in his head immediately. I would like a Darren O'Day Batista situation too. I always I, that's a my brawl an opening day. I'm all for. I don't want a brawl. I but I like when Darren O'Day and Batista match up. I, I do. It's entertaining. It is. It is fun. He. I mean, Batista's villain number one for Oriole fans. So let's get at him right away. Yeah, and Donaldson's up there too, right? We hope we uh, go after Donaldson. Maybe some Donaldson, Manny Machado action. <laughs> a little, little pushing, a little yeah. pushing, shoving. Yeah. You think mean, there'll be a Steve Pierce sighting? You know he's with the Blue Jays now. I think they're playing. I think they expect to use him. Yeah, he can I mean, play different positions. Although he might be only an outfielder now, I think the arm might be an issue for him. So it'll be interesting to see. I mean, he's when he's right, he's a good hitter, right? But it's an issue about whether or not they're gonna. Use him a lot. The Orioles don't use him anymore, so it's the first time that Rymel <laughs> and Steve Pierce won't be on the team for the first like I don't know, four or five years. Right. Oh, and I couldn't be more happy about who, it. Who is going to get uh, the biggest applause coming down that orange carpet as they go through the roster? Oh, good question. You know, because we've got the excitement of Galsman and Bundy there. Yeah, that's going to be some we, we, We've got the future excitement of Trey Mancini, Who's who was really excited at the end of the season. And this is his first opening day, being on the yeah. roster opening day. Yeah, it's special. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, then there's a classic Manny Machado. There's, there's classic Manny. The Adam Jones, Adam Jones after having a catch. huge WBC. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then there's the, always the, the Buck always gets a nice cheer. Yeah. Yeah, and then there's Wayne I want to see Kim get a good cheer after getting booed last year. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I, feel like we, I feel like we owe it to Kim. Yeah. <laughs> I, I bet he gets it is a good crazy He'll get a big pop. It is crazy that he got booed on opening day. Yeah, yeah that's the thing that happened. That's and Ibaldo. To be look, don't don't don't, don't boo a Bardo. Yeah. Don't boo a Bardo. <laughs> Is that even a conversation? I'm sure there's gonna be some no. drunk guys and that question, taking it upon themselves. Don't boo Buck for not putting Britain in. That's what I was gonna say. If you're gonna boo a Bardo, yeah. you might as well boo Buck. Well, you boo Buck, better get your hands ready because people are gonna be looking <laughs> at you pretty funny. Like, I'm just saying. Uh, that's like after they got bumped out of the playoffs. There was like, like a two week stint where there was it was okay to say yeah like get fire Buck. Should we, should we fire Buck? Yeah. Yeah. And for like two weeks it was okay, and we kind of let people do that. Right. After two weeks, settle right, down. That's enough of that. Yeah, simmer down now. Baltimore's grandfather. That's like it's untouchable. Simmer down. Yes, he he'll mean, leave when he wants to leave. Right, and when he leaves, the statue replaces him. I know, right? Earl Weaver should get one next to him. Well, I mean, they got to win a World Series. Yeah, that's win the World Series. Nobody's getting any statues until we win a World Series. I'm sorry. You're probably right. Unless Machado just stays forever, he yeah. could probably get one. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's true. That's maybe actually, that's maybe true. we can work, work that into the new contract. I was about to say that. Ten, yeah, yeah. Ten, sign this ten year deal, and we start construction on the on the statue. And we'll give you the value of the raw materials, <laughs> right. and it will be made of solid yeah. gold. Right, it, <laughs> right. It'll be the, the tallest one out there. We'll make sure, and we will. Uh, Bow down to it before the game. If you want scope right next to you, we can make a scope one that goes sure. right next to you, right, whatever right. you want, you, buddy. You can hold hands. And yours can be bigger than scopes, so you can always say, oh, I'll get a bigger statue. And we'll make sure to have that ugly tattoo of your wife on the statue. <laughs> yeah. Who's going to hit a home run on Monday? Well, you, I'm curious to see if the guys who were hot in spring training, how much is training? Like, Scope was hot. Adam Jones was hot in spring training. Sure. Mancini probably won't play, but Davis, he's out there in spring did training. Did Davis hit any? Yeah, he hit a couple of dongs, but his batting average was bad. Um, so I'm going to go with a guy who's hot, Adam Jones. I'm going to go with uh, Adam Jones, put my money on him to hit a dong. Um, I think that's a, that's a good guess. Yeah. I would go with uh, – it's got to be either Trumbo or Davis in my book. Then I'm taking Manny. You guys are forgetting Manny's the best guy to wear in a Oriole uniform. I'm going to take Manny, but you got it. All right, I'll, I'll go, go. 
Ryan Flaherty. Pinch hit Trey Mancini. Give home run. me. Uh, it's tempting. Mancini, all he does is hit home runs. Give me Wellington. Well, the guys oh, really have good debuts for the Orioles. Yeah. Trumbo did. Even uh, Travis Snyder did. So. I think uh, Nelson Cruz had a home run on opening he did. day. Yeah, he did. That, that's a good way to get the fans behind you. Give me, give me old Beef Wellington. See how that tastes. <laughs> Honestly, I'm excited. I'm just glad baseball is back. You know, yes, it's something yes. better. Even though it's raining and disgusting outside, it's nice to just have actual baseball to talk about. Yeah, and this yeah. is always the best. No matter who your team is, this is the best time of year. Well, yeah, Even when the Orioles sucked, because you always thought maybe this would be the year where mm-hmm. you know everything works out. Because everything could work out for a team, and they could make the playoffs. And every yeah. team, everything could go terrible. You just have no idea. But everyone's optimistic. You know, how, optimistic. you know how many years the day before opening day. I would tell people that this is the year for the Calvary. Yeah. This is the year. The pitching staff, Brian Mattis, is going gonna, is gonna to lead this team. Yeah, because mm-hmm. we always had young, unproven talent in there. So we always say, well, if they just live up to their talent, if yeah. Jeffrey Hammonds lives up to his talent. Hope springs <laughs> eternal. At least we're, yeah, the conversation's better these days, right? Absolutely. It's not uh, maybe this is the year. It's, it's maybe this is the year they can break through and get the World Series, yeah, right? Yeah, that's Which what we're talking about Which is a much now. better right. conversation right. to have. Right. Homefield playoff games and World Series. Well, and that's what we need. I mean, we're all thinking wild card. So it's let's get that home wild card game. Let's not go to Toronto. Well, let's wow. just skip the wild card altogether. That's well, yeah, that yeah. Oh, it's <laughs> fine, 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 fine. The, the game hasn't started great. yet. <laughs> we Hope haven't lost. Turtle, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, fine. <laughs> now, division. next month we can move on to the wild card. But for now, let's go for that division title. Tell me about it. And then well, guys, series. about a minute less than a minute left. Time flew by. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, you have fun. Absolutely, this was fun. Yeah, a little yeah. change of pace from the, the Monday nights on Section Three Three Six. The traffic getting here was a disaster. I can right, but we still got to get those self-driving cars going and fix all this traffic right. crap. Yeah. Hovercraft. Yeah, but the, so. but the show itself it was it was a lot of fun. We appreciate uh, you guys having us in here. Uh, we've had our intern sitting here the whole time, and and he's getting anxious. He wants to speak a little bit. We, on gotcha, we, gotcha. We, yeah, we apparently speak. I have my I have an equivalent of a Bosch for the Bundy thing because it seems as though uh, the contract right. thing is real. Like I, that's I'm happy about it. Don't get me wrong. I'm happy to be wrong in this context. All right. We always turn it over to the intern for your, uh, thoughts, corrections, analyses, fun facts. Here, go ahead. Intern. I need a microphone. <laughs> you got it. Three so, <laughs> random correction from the first hour. Only one daughter of George Foreman is actually named after him. It's Georgetta. All others have regular names. Nice. <laughs> Good correction. Oh, yeah, because multiple Georgettas would be weird. Yeah. But the MLB holds a competitive balance round in their draft to help out the smaller market teams. I'm sure you guys are aware of this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Fair. the... Orioles actually have the 13th of the 14th pick in round B. So who's the smallest? It's Tampa Bay Rays. They okay. have the smallest okay. revenue. So according to MLB, we're so according yeah. to MLB, last. we're second to last. Yeah. No, no. Uh, That's not what you actually, said. No, we have the 13th of the 14th pick of the small market teams. So we're. One I have of the, no clue what he's talking. He's about. saying that we have the 13th smallest market. Yes. 13. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Based right. off of. Thank you, Kyle. All right, so we have the 13th smallest market. All right. Yeah, we have the nice. We have the. So nice, who's got the smallest market? Uh, Tampa Bay Rays because they have the smallest revenue. They have the oldest fans who don't really care. And it's not as simple as just like the right. viewership right. of the TV. There's right. factors that go right. into yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. All right, intern. That. Good stuff. Thank you, intern. Yeah. Uh, Bundy. Yeah. Actually, Dylan Bundy's. So according to Roto World, Dylan Bundy is a free agent in 2020, but according to BaseballReference.com. They say 22, right? Yes, 22. Yeah, there's varying reports, but it's, oh, they're saying 20 and beyond. So we, I was wrong about 19, uh, which I'm happy to be wrong about yeah. that. It's time to get one of these uh, 
reporters down down to Dan Duquette's office know, and ask, right. what's really going on? Show yeah. us the binders. So you got to wait for a national reporter like Pastroni, though. Yeah. Watch this, Brady Anderson. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Ken. Ken Rosenthal, I need a 25-page report on uh, on Dylan Bundy's, Bundy's contract. contract status. <laughs> and last correction, although Chris Davis may not have uh, a gold glove, he does have a silver slugger in 2013. Boom. Well, that's not a correction. Yeah. That's, just <laughs> right, a, that's just another. That's yeah. a fun fact. Fun, fun fact. Fun fact. <laughs> right. You know, we do uh, analyses. Yeah. Tr- Trumbo receives his silver slugger at opening day. Oh, okay. About that? There you so, go. That's, we'll take that. All right. Well, I guess we better wrap up. Thank you, uh, Glenn, for allowing us to fill in, and, and Kyle. Absolutely. Yeah, it's been a good time. Fun. First Absolutely. time in the Press Box Online Studios. Yeah, yeah, and if you enjoyed this show, listeners should check out Section 336. Yeah, there's the yeah. podcast tab at pressboxonline.com. This show will, of course, be available in the archive section, or excuse me, the archive section. I do that <laughs> obligatorily. Uh, there will be no tidbit today. And if you want tubular, it is online at glennclarkradio.com. So feel free to find it there. Last show before Orioles baseball is real. Nice. No, Let's quite. go. I mean, you've it's got real one on, on you Monday. Got one on Monday oh, it's morning. real on Monday. <laughs> at 3 o'clock. It's real. All right. It's real. <laughs> So that's that. Huh? Boys? All right. Go O's. Much appreciate Go O's. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks too. Got to do that as well. <laughs> Thanks for coming in, guys.